Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. And I am live today from one of the biggest political conventions in the country, certainly the biggest one in the state of New Jersey. Uh, That's where I'm going to be all afternoon today, talking to some of the power brokers in Republican Party politics in the state and chatting about other stuff as well. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So, got a lot to chat about today, nationally, locally. And uh, even in the sports world a little bit, a hockey player was just charged with manslaughter because he uh, got into a thing with another player and slit his throat with his skate, and now he's getting charged with manslaughter. So that is a, uh, a first of its kind, that's for sure. And yesterday on the show, I played for you the clip of New York Governor Kathy Hochul saying that she's going to start using surveillance, collecting data, and mass surveillance of social media. Well, as you can imagine, that has gone viral, that clip, and a lot of people are rightly panicking over it. And, uh, well, maybe panicking is not the right word. They're rightly concerned that this is just another authoritarian way to trample our freedom and spy on us uh, all under the guise of keeping us safe from from mean people and mean words and they're exactly right because that's all that this is it's just another attempt by the government to do that and the question regarding ukraine that senator josh hawley asked regarding u.s taxpayer money going towards the bombing of the nord stream pipeline it's an excellent question And we need a full investigation of the bombing of the Nord Stream pipeline, which has really, truly become a major issue in this war in Ukraine, the perpetual, never-ending war in Ukraine. Oh, and the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has endorsed Donald Trump for president in 2024. He officially backed Trump. He's not playing the Kevin McCarthy footsie game of saying, we'll see who gets the nomination. We'll see with that, blah, 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 blah. No, he's coming out and saying that he is absolutely backing uh, the president, former president for president again. So there you go. But Biden is apparently ripping apart uh, David Axelrod, the former advisor to President Barack Obama, who don't forget, you know, former president Barack Obama. I don't want Jimmy Matthews to get upset. Former president. So if you have been listening to the show lately, and I know you have, then you know that Barack Obama is still the president. I mean, he's he's president. He's that's why I really shouldn't even say former President Obama. I mean, he's former in the sense of the title, but he really is calling all the shots, obviously. 
And so when he came out recently and said that David Axelrod, uh, or, or actually when David Axelrod came out recently and said Joe Biden should get out of the race, he can't win. He needs to get out of the race. Well, Biden has apparently disparaged him, calling him the uh, P word for a male genitalia. The uh, P word for that, which I can't say on the radio, but for questioning whether the the president should seek a second term. And this is the thing. I mean, Biden's got a temper and he's got he's got a penchant for uh, profanity. It's widely known in Washington. He's he's got a temper. He says mean words. You know, the whole thing about, oh, nice Uncle Joe, who's going to bring everybody together. Biden's been a. P word for a male genitalia for a long time to people. And if you cross him, he gets nasty and he says nasty things. And he's always been a nasty guy and he has a short fuse. And that's just that's that's been Joe Biden his entire career. In 2020, they pretended like uh, like Joe Biden was this nice grandpa kind of a guy. You know what I mean? This this nice grandpa kind of guy. And he was just the the one who was going to go and bring America together and no more mean tweets. So nice guy, Joe. That's not the case at all. And people that know the guy know that they know that he he makes snarky comments to people and has a whole history of it. So Axelrod, who's a Democrat, questioned Biden staying in the race and said, look, you know, it's late in the game. It's late to change horses, but the guy can't win. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. And don't forget what I told you, which I don't think any other conservative host in the country told you. And this is why, you know, your time with me is so well spent, so valuable. I told you that this happened. Axelrod saying this about Joe Biden happened the very same weekend of the Barack Obama reunion party in Illinois. They had the 15-year reunion of Obama's victory. And it was a Friday night that started. But like any other weekend activity, you know, it starts on Friday. You have the the events on Saturday. Then you get the brunch on Sunday, the farewell brunch. Look at it like a wedding. You know, Friday's the rehearsal dinner, and then Saturday's the big night. And then everybody turns around, and they have a nice brunch on the way out. A couple of mimosas, some roadies to go. Well, it was during the brunch time on Sunday morning that Axelrod tweeted out. And, it may be, and I don't know if the guy drinks. I have no idea. But I'm just saying it would not surprise me if he was maybe at a, at a Bloody Mary bar or something like that. And he got the political courage to tweet out, Biden's got to go. But he may not have needed any liquid courage because he wouldn't have said all those things without partying with Obama a weekend and getting the green light to say that Biden's got to go. And that's the thing, is that the Obama people know that Biden's got to go. First of all, Barack Obama did not want him in the race in the first place. He didn't want him in 2016. That's why they backed Hillary Clinton. That's number one. Number two, you know as well as I do that Obama knows all about Joe Biden's corruption. There's no way all of this was going on in the in the White House when he was vice president of the United States with Ukraine, and bribing Ukraine, withholding a billion dollars in aid unless they fire the prosecutor. And his son is doing business with the company that the prosecutor is investigating. You're telling me nobody in the West Wing told the president about all that? Of course they did. It's all about covering your you-know-what in the White House or in any other part of life where you're in high power. So, of course, Obama knew all about it. And that's probably why he told Joe he shouldn't run in 2016, because he knew all the corruption would come out. And Obama's linked to all of it. I mean, Barack Obama's linked to all of this. All of this happened on his watch as president. The United States of America withheld that money, threatened to withhold that money to Ukraine unless they fired the prosecutor. And Joe Biden said it. Hey, if you don't believe me, go call Obama. Call him. And they probably did. And they probably called Obama. And the White House probably said, well, nothing we can do about it. I mean, you know, Joe's already made the threat. 
So now we got to follow through, and then, or maybe they just, maybe Joe just played a good hand of poker that day. It was back in, you know, the mid 2010s, so he was able to think a little bit more clearly back then. You know, ten years ago or so. So um, he, he called out the, you know, he just played a mental game, and Ukraine blinked and fired the prosecutor. But either way, Obama knew all about that. And that's the reason why Obama is still helping Iran to this day. It's the reason why when we talk about everything that's going on in the Middle East, you can see clearly that the same U.S. policy regarding Iran is in place right now, as was in Iran in policy between 2009 and 2017. It's the exact same policy. Try to treat Iran like they're, they're grownups, bring them to a seat at the table, hang out and, uh, and give them, give them a, a chance to be grownups. But they don't want to be grownups. That's the problem. And then, you, of course, Obama helped him get a nuclear program. Now, David Axelrod, though, was the mastermind behind Obama's victories. And he's a, he's a political genius. He is. He and James Carville are, in my opinion, the two smartest minds in politics on the Democrat side of the aisle. Both of them have come out and said Joe Biden's too old. His age is the issue. And not just the number, but the fact of his mental acuity. They both have come out and said Joe Biden's got to go. He can't win. And if he runs, Trump's going to win. Remember what Axelrod tweeted out? He said, only Joe Biden can make this decision. If he continues to run, he will be the nominee of the Democratic Party. What he needs to decide is whether that is wise, whether that is in his best interest or the country's. And he also talked about how it was late in the game to make a change. Late in the game. That's true. Unless you have somebody that you already have in mind to take over, as the Democrat nominee. Now, I'm not going to mention any names. I'm just saying that if you already have a person in mind that you think, well, then it's not that late. But the Democrats have another problem, which is they have a vice president who is even more unpopular than the president. So the Democrats also know it's not just as simple as having Joe step down and having Kamala become the candidate because she loses worse. She loses worse. So they have to make a top. They got to make a complete change on the ticket. In order to do that, you've got to be very careful if you're going to take out the first black woman vice president that you don't upset a lot of people in your party. That's the problem that they have right now. It's a problem I've been telling you about for a year. So then Joe Biden calls David Axelrod the the P word for a male genitalia. And he calls him this and tells people, and he's furious about this, and he's very, very angry. But the thing about it is that Ron Klain, who is the White House chief of staff or was Biden's White House chief of staff, he tweeted out the following about David Axelrod. He said, the man who called Biden Mr. Magoo in August of 2019 is still at it. The Obama people and the Biden people don't really like each other very much, which is not a surprise. Most administrations, the the president's people and the VP's people don't like each other all that much. But that's a complicated process, though, because the president is still Barack Obama. So the Biden people, they're not really in charge. And a lot of the Obama people have infiltrated their way back into the White House in the orbit. Valerie Jarrett's a great example of that. Valerie Jarrett, who is one of Obama's top people, born in Iran, she is one of the people who is calling the shots right now in this administration. So you see this this dichotomy that's happening when you listen to guys like John Kirby, Admiral Kirby speak at the Pentagon or, or any of the military brass. They play tough on Iran with words, and they know that Iran's the bad guy in all this, and they know that Iran's the problem, 
But the White House has a much different policy. That's why the White House fembot, Corrine Jean-Pierre, stands up there and she goes on about how, well, there's no proof that we uh, Rand's behind anything and we don't blah, 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 blah. It's because the, the policy driver at the White House is still the former president who has always wanted to see Iran get a seat at the adult table, get a seat at the table with the League of Nations. Always. And that's where we are today. That's where that's the state of the presidential politics in the Democrat Party. Meanwhile, Gavin the Hair Newsom, with his lovely quaff of hair and that the amount of oil that man uses equivalent to 52,000 tons of carbon dioxide. If you're doing CO2, that guy with his beautiful hair, he's out there uh, explaining how they clean up San Francisco in a matter of 24 hours. And they were able to do it. He's meeting with Xi Jinping. He is out everywhere just hoping he gets the nomination, hoping he gets a chance to run for president, hoping that they can tap him on the shoulder and say, Gavin, you got to go. You got to run. But it's not going to be that easy for him because he's got competition. There are shadow campaigns for president on the Democrat side right now being run by Gavin Newsom, by the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, and by New Jersey's own Governor Phil Murphy. All three of them are running their shadow campaigns, just waiting for the moment. Yes, King Philip the Unaccountable, as I call him, his royal rugness. Waiting, just waiting for the wings, waiting in the wings for that that awful rug hair of his to be able to run for president. That's what he wants to do. He's just waiting for his chance. But it's not going to be decided by him. It'll be somebody will come along and the decision will be made. And that's the way it is. That's how it's going to be. They know Biden can't win. They know that Biden's going to lose. And they know Trump's going to be the nominee. And I think Speaker Mike Johnson's endorsement of him today goes a long way towards that. I don't think the new Speaker of the House would come out and say that if he didn't really believe that it was going to happen. Because he's new and he doesn't want to lose political power. And he has to back the right horse. Kevin McCarthy was always afraid to come out and say it. But Johnson's not afraid at all. So this is what he said endorsing former President Trump for president in 2024. Cut number one. President Biden, he might he it looks like the candidate in, in 2024. When you were uh, a name speaker, a lot of people said, oh, Trump ally, Trump, big Trump guy, big Trump ally. But uh, you, you as far as I know, you have not endorsed the former president yet uh, for 2024. And this is everybody's watching this show right now. This if you're going to do that, this would be a great, great time to do it. Uh, uh, Mr. Speaker, you ready? I, ha- I have done it. it yeah, I, I have. I have endorsed him wholeheartedly. Um, look, I was uh, one of the closest allies that President Trump had in Congress. He had a phenomenal first term. Those first two years, as you all know, we brought about the greatest economic numbers in the history of the world, not just the country, because his policies worked. And I'm, I'm all in for President Trump. I, okay, yeah, I, know, good. I right. expect he'll be our nominee. Yeah. And, and he's going to win it. And we have to make Biden a one term president. We have to do that. Yeah, he's right. He is going to win it. And I've been telling you he's going to win it. And that's that. But McCarthy was never able to do that. You know, McCarthy was always the kind of guy who'd pussyfoot around it. And he'd say, well, we have to see. And I don't really want to make any comments and blah, 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 blah. He was unwilling. But Johnson's smart, you know. He knows that that if if he has the support of the former president, then his speakership is also going to be strong, too. He's no dummy. He's no dummy. And he also knows that he didn't become Speaker of the House without Trump backing him. Bottom line. So he's 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 a very politically astute guy. And good for him for being smart, because I tell you what, there's already problems that are happening within the House among other Republicans, the moderates, the, the, the rhinos that don't want him there. They don't want him there. Now, I'm not saying in any way, shape or form that the, the new speaker is perfect. He's not perfect. There are a lot of things still that I, I worry, I question. 
But I think this goes a long way towards either his acknowledgement that he's very politically savvy or the fact that he wants people to understand where he stands on the political aisle. Uh, he could have just said nothing. I mean, he could have kept his mouth shut. He could have said, look, you know, I am I am here to uh, do a job as speaker. I am not here to, to play presidential politics. That's a long game away. And I'm not going to say anything about that. He could have taken that route, but he didn't. And nobody was forcing him to say anything. He could have danced around it, but he didn't. He came out and he said that. So there you go. And remember, it is so important that the Democrats stop him from becoming president again. This is not a joke here to them. This is the real deal. You're hearing a lot more now about Project 2025. It's something I've been talking about. and something we've talked about with our friend Dr. Victoria Coates. It is a Heritage Foundation project which is to which is to restore power to the executive, not the executive branch, the executive. See, it's funny that if you read the Constitution, you find out that the executive branch of government is vested in a president of the United States of America. There's nothing in Article two of the Constitution that says a president and all these bureaucrats who are unaccountable to you and they can do whatever they want. They can undermine the president. They can make rules. They can make laws and they can they don't have to answer anybody and they can they have lifetime jobs and you can't fire them and they're there forever. No, it just says the executive is is a president, the president. That's it. Very simple. And then it outlines the limited powers that the executive has. Everything in the executive branch of government flows from the president, but that's not how it is today. Because ever since Franklin Delano Roosevelt drastically expanded the power of the executive branch and departments and agencies and three-letter agencies and four-letter agencies that run our lives, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, where that little troll Richard Trump can come out and say, you can't have a gas stove. Ever since these agencies came along, it has undermined the power of the presidency. Because the president can't control these people anymore. They're unionized. They have political protections from getting fired. And they're brazen as hell. You saw that. You saw what they did to him as president, undermining his presidency through the FBI, the NSA, the CIA. Pick your three-letter, four-letter agency du jour. Weaponized even against the boss, the president, against the top guy. So he's going to go in there and he's going to take a cudgel to that. And so you're starting to hear in the media criticism of this Project 2025 and how if Trump becomes president, he's going to weaponize the executive branch of government. He's going to consolidate all the power Nobody will have any power but him. And that's the way it's supposed to be, actually, because he's the president. He's the one that's accountable to the people, not you and not me. We didn't get elected. So if we work for him, then that's just it. We work for the executive, but we're not the president. And the idea that people could be in there undermining him is just insane. It really is. It's insane. But this is why the powers that be need to stop him. They have to stop him. Because when he goes in there and strips the power from all these unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats, uh, a lot of people are going to lose money and a lot of people are going to lose power. That's why I'm telling you right now, if, if there is a chance, if there's a chance that Joe Biden loses this, he's out. They're going to take him out. Even Politico's Jonathan Martin came out and said Joe Biden doesn't have the capacity to campaign that's Politico. It's not Breitbart. It's not me. It's not the uh, you know Infowars. It's it's uh, Politico. Even they're acknowledging Biden has, doesn't have the ability to campaign. So now, if you're the power brokers and you want the war in Ukraine to continue, and you want all the people getting rich, and you want all the agencies to be there, because you know, whether it's the FDA helping Big Pharma 
whether it's the CDC helping Big Pharma, you want to be one of those big government lawyers and lobbyists who get all the money from that, and you want to be able to use your connections on the Hill, and you don't want any of that to change. If any of those power dynamics change, that comes out of your bottom line, man. Come on, man. So they're going to try to stop him in every way they can. And if that means they have to make a change in the candidate, then they'll make a change in the candidate. They'll cheat. The dead will rise from the grave and they'll vote too. But if they have to make a change at the top and take Biden out, they won't hesitate to do it if they have to do it. And that's why I think the timing of this is incredibly important to note that David Axelrod said these comments about Joe Biden the weekend after he was hanging with the Obamas. And the weekend after he was hanging out with Barack and um, uh, his wife's name, who escapes me at the moment, uh, hanging out together, talking about who could potentially run for president. And perhaps when they were talking about, um, I, again, I can't remember her name at the moment, escapes me, it'll come to me a little bit later. Perhaps maybe they were talking about her or somebody else. But either way, there's no way that Obama's top guy, David Axelrod, leaves the Obama family reunion weekend gets on Twitter Sunday morning and tweets out that Joe Biden has to go if he was not given the green light to do so. And it's the same reason why there's articles like this in The Atlantic that came out that says, is Obama toast? Obama won re-election despite Biden-esque polling numbers, but the comparison goes only so far. So The Atlantic is acknowledging this as well. And in addition, Nate Silver and Russell Berman, who's the writer of that piece in The Atlantic I just mentioned, um, they're, they're coming out and they're saying exactly what I'm saying. Biden is a huge, huge risk. I go a step further, of course. I don't say he's a risk. I mean, he's, he's a loser. He's, he's done. And they're pointing this out now. All of these voices are coming out in almost like a chorus, a chorus line, all saying the same thing. It's not an accident. As Trump surges in the polls, it's very obvious he's going to be the nominee. As it's very obvious, none of these trials are going to stop him. And as it's very obvious that their little plan to keep him off the ballot using the 14th Amendment is not going to work. So they're stuck. And that's where we are today. It's a tough time to be a Democrat. I'll tell you that it really is. Even though locally things did not go the way of the Republicans on Election Day, uh, it's a very tough time to be a Democrat on the national level. you got a problem. What do you do? You replace Joe Biden, but with who? And you put Kamala Harris in there, she's even more unpopular. And you're going you're to make a lot of people mad. You get rid of the first black woman. So what do you do? If only there was another woman who was also black who was well-known and had a prominent name that Democrats could run, who might have been brought up that weekend. But again, its name escapes me at the time. 855-839-1210 is the number. Listen, my buddy Tom Skopinich is a fighter. You know, that that's what he is. He's a fighter. And if you are ever injured in an accident, please don't hesitate. Reach out to him. He's going to fight for you and make sure that you maximize your recovery and get the full fair value of your claim. The thing about it is a lot of times when people are in accidents, they rely on the insurance companies. But insurance companies, they're concerned with one thing, and that's their bottom line. You need the law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich. My man Tom Scope is a great guy, and he's been fighting for people for over 25 years to get their maximum value in a settlement. Here's his number. 215-624-2211. 215-624-2211. Or online at scopelawyer.com. Just reach out to him today. Whether you're in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, he can help. And unlike the billboard clowns who you see their big mugs all over the billboards, uh, you're going to actually meet with Tom Scopinich. He's actually going to fight for you directly. 
that's the key, too. You're going to get that hands-on approach you just can't get from these mega firms in multiple states and everything else. 215-624-2211. Scopelawyer.com. Scopelawyer.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, so tell you where I am right now. I'm in Atlantic City. I'm at Resorts uh, Casino, Bill Capriccio Restaurant. The Republican County Chairman, some of these guys I've known for years and years and years, they're having a, uh, a, a big affair. So it's a New Jersey League of Municipalities Convention. It's all the political power brokers of the state who come together, and it really is like Sodom and Gomorrah here. Uh, but the thing about it is that it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of the political heavyweights strategizing, getting together, talking about 2024. So I'm right in the center of the action. And we'll bring on some of those, uh, those bigwigs for you throughout the afternoon. But speaking of New Jersey politics, you know, I just saw Johnny's tweet about Giuseppe Costanzo. Did you know the story about that guy? So that's the phantom Fugazi candidate. That ran in South Jersey was not a uh, was not a real candidate. It was a uh, fugazi. That's why I use the word fugazi because it was a fake. And he cost the election for the Republican. That was the idea. That was the goal. Well, the political action committee that was behind this phantom fugazi candidate Giuseppe Costanzo, and I know this is going to surprise you, has ties to the Democrat machine in South Jersey, the Norcross machine. I know you're as shocked as I am by that, shocked by that, but it's true. And the attorney representing them is also George Norcross's lawyer. I know it's a shock. It's a shock that the Democrats would be that smart to figure this out and to think to themselves, hey, let's try to steal votes from Republicans by having a phantom Fugazi candidate on the ballot and pretend like he is, in fact, a, uh, a real conservative. And, I, you know, and I met a guy the other day, and I, he, he was a guy who was on a trip of mine to uh, D.C. that We did that Fans of Philly trip. Great guy in the Navy. I won't say his name, but he, uh, he fell for it. He did. He told me he fell for the Giuseppe Costanzo thing, and he felt terrible about it. And I said, look, don't beat yourself up. This is the problem. You know, it, it, when, when elections are not a day, when you have three weeks to vote, because he voted early. When you, have, when you got weeks to vote and you can go in person, you can vote by mail, you can drop your ballot in a drop box. And he did that. And then it was too late by the time he heard me talk about Giuseppe Costanzo and how this guy was a Fugazi uh, candidate. But the dark money group represented by him, the, the, the lawyer for that, uh, no surprise there, is a lawyer who represents the king of all South Jersey Democrats. So I'm not surprised by that. I knew it was a Democrat dirty trick. Nothing will happen. Remember, if you put out a joking meme saying text Hillary to this number, then you'll go to prison. You'll go to prison for 60 days. But if you organize an operation to run a fake candidate to distract votes away from Republican voters, if you do that, then nothing happens to you. No, I mean, nothing. Nobody even says boo about it. It wasn't until, what, the Friday before the election that a judge even ruled that they couldn't spend any more money in this campaign because the campaign was a fugazi? So if you, if you put out a joking meme, you put out a meme that says, text this number, text Hillary to this number, and you can vote, you'll go to jail, you'll go to prison, federal prison for 60 days. That's what happened to Ricky Vaughn, that troll on Twitter that the government hated. But if you get powerful South Jersey Democrats and lawyers together in a room political consultants, and they create a Fugazi candidate designed to steal votes from Republicans, to disenfranchise Republican voters, and literally deprive them of their right to vote, 
Because this man looked at this veteran looked at me in the face the other day and said, Rich, I feel horrible. I wasted my vote. I got duped. I got scammed. Let me ask you, how is that any different than if some idiot saw text Hillary to this number and vote for her? How's it any different? Except that Hillary didn't lose because of that. They, they were never able to tie anything to that. I can definitively tell you that the reason why Giuseppe Costanzo was a factor in that race is because the Democrat won that seat by like 60 votes. So in the 4th Legislative District in South Jersey, a Democrat won that seat by 40, 40 votes? 40 votes or so. That's it. 60 votes, whatever it was. And Giuseppe Costanzo got, what, 900 votes? So I can prove to you that people were disenfranchised. I can prove to you without a shadow of a doubt that, yes, people lost their ability to vote that day. They were, it, they were deprived of their constitutional right by this scam set up by the South Jersey Democrat machine. But nothing will happen to them. Nothing will happen to them. If you make a joke meme on Twitter, you go to federal prison for 60 days because you make the joke meme and they don't like you. This is why we don't have equal justice in this country. This is why. This is exactly the reason why. It's everything I tell you about all the time. The weaponization of government. And it really infuriates me that the South Jersey Democrats were able to get away with this. They were able to get away with this because they did this and they knew with their arrogance and their hubris that by the time the story was exposed, and credit to David Wildstein at NJ Globe for exposing it, credit to my buddy Matt Rooney at SaveJersey.com for exposing it, but it, would, it got zero national attention. Why would it? It's a local race for the state senate in New Jersey, and the guy uh, was helping the Democrats. So even the New Jersey media completely ignored it. And with the exception of those two entities that I just mentioned, NJ Globe and Save Jersey, uh, the, the media in New Jersey ignored it. I mean, NJ1015 talked about it. We talked about it here on, on WPHT, obviously. But beyond that, that's it. Meanwhile, there's a man going to prison for 60 days for putting out a joking meme telling people to text the word Hillary to this number and vote for her. There's an Asian woman who did the same thing with Trump supporters. Uh, I, I mentioned her, her race and nationality only to the effect that she puts it in her Twitter bio. It's a big, part, prominent part of who she is. Anyway, she did the same thing, and she tried to tell Trump voters to vote on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, Super Wednesday, and nothing happened to her. No charges, no arrests, nothing. So when I tell you there's not equal justice, when I tell you that it is a damn shame that you and I are both sitting here watching all this, some people get in trouble and other people don't, that's what we're dealing with right now. Now, the, the good news, though, is that this is having an effect beyond just what you and I talk about every day. People realize this, people recognize this, and people are getting upset. Biden is losing the black vote big time. There's a story from the Wall Street Journal about that today. Biden is losing the black vote, and there's a point about why it matters, and it does matter. And they talk about Philadelphia. And they bring up a woman named Michelle Smith. When Michelle Smith voted for Biden in 2020, she thought he would help people like her, a black mother working two jobs and raising three teenage boys in North Philly. Now she says she won't vote for him again. She cites higher prices, skyrocketing rent, and a feeling she has been left behind. She said the following, quote, I really did think he was going to help people in my situation. She's 46 years old. She earns $12.50 an hour working as a home health aide and makes Instacart deliveries for extra money. She said, it's like all of them talk a good game until they get elected. Heading into 2024, Democrats are sounding alarms about losing voters like Smith. Black voter turnout fell during the 2022 midterm elections compared with the previous midterms and polling and interviews with voters show growing dissatisfaction over the economy and Biden's leadership. 
Wage gains have cooled more dramatically for black workers than other Americans. Median weekly earnings for black workers employed full-time rose 4.2% in the third quarter from a year earlier versus a 10.3% gain the prior year. Overall wages rose 4.5% last quarter, down from a 6.9% increase in the third quarter of 2022. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily that black voters are going to vote for Trump, although I think he's going to do very, very well with them, just like he did in 2020. They don't ha- he doesn't have to win that category. You just have to peel enough votes away from Biden to offset, and then that's how you win. That's how you wind up winning. And that's what Democrats are worried about. Party leaders are chiefly concerned about diminished black voter turnout, and they're also worried that some of these voters will instead back Republicans, including former President Donald Trump. So now, Democrats are pumping money into voter canvassing, education, and advertising in battleground states. And they're saying now it may be too late. This woman from Philly, this Michelle Smith woman, she said, I think I'm not going to vote, period, she said. That's a problem. That's a real problem for them, for the Democrats. You get enough black voters who stay home. You get enough other groups to stay home. And so then, let me tie this back into the other issue that I mentioned earlier, and that's the Kamala Harris problem. If you've already got black women like Michelle Smith in Philadelphia who are upset with Biden's policies, then if they just shove Kamala Harris off the ticket, they might be even more upset. So now more people might be upset. And now you really, really subdue the black vote. Now, for all the Democrats screaming about suppressing the black vote, they're the ones suppressing the black vote with their policies. Their policies stink. Now, I bet you this woman ends up voting for Trump. I bet you, and I think you're shaking your head yes right now, I bet you she votes for Trump, but she won't say she will. She's not going to tell people that necessarily. She's certainly not going to tell a a reporter that. But deep down inside, she knows America was better under Trump. And so when you see pictures of people like Blacks for Trump and they're out there campaigning for him and all you have to do is realize that if Trump gets enough of the black vote and other part of the black vote stays home, Biden's toast. Alicia Garza, an activist and founder of Black Futures Lab, this is a group focused on engaging black communities politically, said the following. The risk is that people stay home. I think the problem is black voters are consistently underinvested in this president. The unemployment rate for black workers touched a record low in April, but then rose in October. Privately, some battleground state Democrats are blunt about their concerns over turnout. Ready? One elected Democrat Party broker said the following would not attribute their name to it. Quote, I am absolutely concerned. Frankly, I am extremely concerned. This is a huge problem. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that um, that line in A Few Good Men. You know, grave danger. Is there any other kind? Are you concerned? Yes. Are you extremely concerned? Is there any other kind? They're all terrified about this. They're terrified that they are going to get crushed at the polls. So what do they do? I mean, they can, they can keep investing in black and Latino voter turnout. It's not going to change anything. If they don't like the guy at the top of the ticket, nothing's going to change. It doesn't matter how much money you spend on that. It doesn't matter how much money you spend on getting people out if they don't want to come out and vote. In 2020, they thought that Biden was the great hope that they needed. Now they realize he's not, and they're hurting financially. And what do you do? In addition to that, let's not forget something, too. A lot of black voters tend to be very socially conservative. And they see how the Democrat Party's freaking nuts with abortion, how extreme they are on that issue. Oh, and guess what? A lot of black voters, like white voters, 
they don't want their kids learning about vaginas in the fifth grade or the fourth grade or the third grade or the or kindergarten for that matter. I know. Shocking. I know. Latino voters, too, the same thing. They don't want their five-year-old kids learning about vulvas in class. So we're really not all that different, are we, depending on the color of our skin? The difference, though, is that the Democrat Party needs a certain percentage of the black vote in order to win. And if that vote does not turn out and if Trump is able to peel some of that off and he did the best in 2020 with the black vote that any Republican has done in a long time. And you get the union guys. And I'm going to talk to my buddy Don Purdy about this in a little bit. Don is a union guy and he's also the chairman of the Atlanta County Republican Committee. I'll talk to him about this. You get those union guys out there. uh, They're back in Trump. They're back in Republicans. So, you, so the Democrats now have lost the union guys. They've lo- they're losing the black vote. They're losing the Latino vote. I'm not saying they're losing the vote, but they're losing enough voters to matter. This is a problem. This is great, too. This is a guy named Mamadou Diallo. He's a Southwest Philly Democrat. Voted for Biden in 2020, but says he would vote for Trump in another Biden-Trump contest. This is what Mamadou Diallo, 60 years old of Southwest Philly, said, quote, about Biden. He's a weak man. He's an old man. He didn't change anything. Democrats note that Trump was accused of repeatedly inflaming racial divisions as president. But you know what? Black voters, they don't they don't they don't they don't think so. Despite what white guys like Joe Scarborough say and Mika Brzezinski and other people, they don't they don't think Trump was a racist. They can they can make that argument, but they don't really believe it. They just think things were better. And they also know that when Trump was president, their five-year-old kids weren't learning about vaginas in class. So, or at least he was fighting that. Anyway, uh, 855-839-1210 is the number on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. This administration has to be much more aggressive about telling what they did accomplish, but also the unfinished business yet to be done, said Melanie Campbell, president of the nonpartisan National Coalition on Black Civic Participation. So you see what I mean? You lost the union guys, you lose the black vote, you lose Latino voters, and the Democrats are screwed. Coming up, one of those guys who knows the union guys very, very well. He's the chairman of the Atlanta County Republican Party, and he's going to join me in just a matter of moments. But first, before I take a quick break, let me tell you that I am so grateful for all the wonderful, wonderful support of my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. You know, every day we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. And what a great time to get there. My friend Judith Krupnik, they They have so many great Volvos in stock. And the best part about it is they are going through a massive renovation. So in order to free up space, they're going to give you deals that have been better than anything before. $1,000 off new Volvos, owner loyalty incentive, two grand off if you use Volvo car financing, uh, $7,500 off a plug-in. Either way, Cherry Hill Volvo is going to take great care of you. They have certified pre-owned Volvos. These are like new, but they have a much lower sticker price outstanding warranty and of course it comes with that great cherry hill volvo uh, appreciation as they take great care of you every day so go see them right on route 70 in cherry hill judith yosef and the entire team are ready to see you where relationships really do matter the Zioli show on your schedule from talk radio 1210 wpht in the free odyssey app live in atlantic city new jersey today we are at the league of municipalities convention And it's Murderer's Row. It is all of the finest Republican County chairs in the state 
all hanging out together, talking about the future, talking about how we can make things better. And uh, my host this afternoon, Chairman Don Purdy of the Atlanta County Republican Party. First of all, tell us about your background. Tell us about the union aspect of everything that you do. Listen, my brother was a union contractor for years. My father was a union contractor for years. And, you know, I've had great, great relationships with a lot of building trades. You know, 825, Greg Lowell has been a, a super supporter of the Republican organization, uh, not just here in Atlanta County, but through the state. And we need more people like Greg Lowell. He's a leader. He does what he says he's going to do. I mean, even IBW, Roy Foster, 351, um, they've been really good to us. The bricklayers, I mean, we've got uh, the, the glazers. Mike Lachlan's been is, is the head of the South Jersey Building Trades down here, and they're very supportive of us in here in Atlanta County and actually through the area. So um, a lot of union jobs are here in Atlantic uh, City because obviously the casinos and something. And one of our main, main things we're looking to is to to start this back up again. This engine has been misfiring for many years uh, in Atlantic in Atlantic City. Where else do you know that you got this beautiful properties with legalized gambling, boardwalk, water? and sand and and business is the way it is we can change it i think that senator vince policine is on a great start with that with don guardian and claire swift and uh we got a lot of good things coming up in the, in the future to hopefully uh, spur construction development and uh jobs here in Atlanta county Mike Donahue, the chairman of Cape May County, just brought me a glass of of, uh, great wine. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I appreciate that. Uh, We were together in Gloucester County. The Democrats in South Jersey ran a Fugazi candidate, this Giuseppe Costanzo. Uh, A total scam, total trick, again, that they played. And it hurt. It hurt a lot. Uh, I mean, we see see their games. We see their tricks. And it's just outrageous. Some of the things that really hurt that, and and we just got to talking about good union labor, you know, that New Jersey Carpenters dumped $2.5 million in that campaign. Um, and it was mostly because they were supporting this wind that the um, mostly the Atlanta County residents are against. And, you know, our line is Vince Palestina has to vote with his his constituents with the, the demographics that he's in. Um, if, if, if the people that put him in office do not support something, Vince Palestine has got to take that and, and, and make that voice known in Trenton. They obviously didn't like that. But when you talk about LD4, to turn around and put the money they put behind in, in false, I mean, obviously the guy didn't even know he was running. And, you know, when he would be questioned, he wouldn't be answering the phone, etc. Um, I believe that everything that was done was illegal. Um, it went as far as for the, the judge, uh, Superior Court Michael Blee, uh, to say, put a hold on their finances. That, that, that says a lot, because when you have a, the, 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 um, the judge say, put a hold on the finances, they did a lot of bad stuff with elect. Um, they weren't doing reporting. I guess they'd rather play the fines. But look what they got out of it. It was very effective. I mean, Ed Durr. Not only did they take out Senator Ed Durr in LD3, but they, they turned around and used that message in LD4 and also in LD8 and then also in LD2. I mean, they used that message constantly. There wasn't a show that from on TV that you didn't see it play three, four, five times at a row. There wasn't social media that you weren't on and seeing some kind of video come up nonstop. And, you know, these, these people, uh, I, and of course, Senator, Senator Vince Palestine is a friend, and for his family to have to go through that stuff, the elections might be over, but there's still consequences to go for the elections, and, and we're going to hold them all accountable to the fullest. 
Don Purdy's with me. He's the chairman of the Atlantic County Republican Party. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you guys are going to hold them accountable because they, they, they need to be held accountable. There's a, a guy, I've been talking about this, this guy put out a joking meme about texting a vote for Hillary Clinton. He's doing 60 days of hard time in federal prison. What these guys did, I met a guy last week. I was at Dr. Mike Venaria's office for his Veterans Day event. And uh, as a Navy vet, comes over to me, goes, Rich, I got duped. I voted for Giuseppe Costanzo. I didn't hear your show in time before I voted. A lot of people got disenfranchised by this. A lot of people were duped. And yeah, you know what, Don? You're damn right. People need to be held accountable for this. Absolutely. You're right. And you know what? That district, LD4, and I go back to LD4 because there is a huge population that was generation after generation from South Philly. And the Italian name means a lot over there. They didn't pick a guy named Giuseppe for no reason. They did it on purpose. They knew exactly what they were doing. Uncle George, Uncle George, I call Uncle George from Camden. The guy lives in, in I think he's in Florida or somewhere down there, you know, flies around in his helicopter, makes these things happen. The guy is very intelligent, very intelligent. But you know what? It, it's time that Uncle George needs to uh, retire. Because, you know, there's been a lot of hokey dokies going on for a long time. Nobody's held him accountable for it. And he gets insurance and he gets insurance and law work all through the state of New Jersey. And nobody calls him out on it. And that's going to change. And it's going to change now. Talk about the union guys for a second, since you are a union guy. You mentioned all these different guys, carpenters, bricklayers, all these other people voting Republican. Uh, talk to me about if Trump's the nominee in 2024, or whoever the Republican nominee is in 2024. You, you think the, the Democrats have lost the vote of the union guys, the working man? <laughs> Well, I don't think so. Um, and, and, and the reason why is because, you know, Trump doesn't do anything to help himself. Um, his policies, I believe, are great. I believe they're second to none. Um, but he, he loves to insult people when he talks, which, you know, I tell people all the time. Are you better now or were you better five or six years back? And most people say I was better five, six years ago back. It all goes back to the almighty dollar, right? The, you know, the, the law enforcement today, the poor men and women that are supporting us and keeping us safe every day. Um, they have less less um, less uh, um, restraints on them. I'm sorry, than the, the criminals on themselves, and we do. And the law enforcement is afraid to step in. They're afraid of their pensions and et cetera. Um, the, the dollar is worth nothing. Um, our gas prices are through the ceiling. Inflation is horrible. And you've got wars all over this world we got going on. And as much as Trump was, uh, I'm going to say, a pain in the butt, like say something else you know <laughs> his policies were right and and he did guide the country and the country was safe um you know when you got the guy from north korea the little crazy guy walks across and shakes hands all that stuff means something you know does, does it mean that trump lo- loves the guy no it doesn't but you know sometimes you, you you need to turn around and go with and take the emotion aside and do what's best for the country and you know i think that a lot of people didn't vote for trump before you know, they might be voting for him now because they they see what the difference is. And Joe Biden is a total disaster for this country. And I really feel bad for Joe Biden's family because I just can't believe they would let their father or grandfather go up and be treated like that. It, it's just sad. The guy's got obviously a lot of issues. And that's what he's going to be known for. It's not going to be known for him being a senator. It's not going to be known for him being a vice president. It's going to be known for the guy that had dementia that's running the United States, the most powerful country in the world. And look what's happening to us. So the Donald Trump thing, you go back to the guys, the labor guys. A lot of them labor guys are union guys. You know, no matter what the union tells them to do, a lot of them guys are voting with their pocket because they're just like us when they go home. And you'd probably be surprised at how many of them actually pull the Republican handle and don't listen to the few people that are at the top that are telling people to vote Democrat. That's good news. My friend, it's great to be with you. Chairman Don Purdy, Atlanta County Republican Party. Thank you, buddy. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us. And we'll talk to you soon.
Very good. Very I appreciate it. I'll tell you what, I know a lot of those blue-collar guys very well because uh, they do great work for Emmons Roofing and Siding. You know, Matt and Stephanie are the owners of the company, and they're wonderful people. The guys who do the work, oh, man, are they terrific, and I've met so many of them over the years. They're hardworking, and that's what it is about Emmons. They work so hard to make sure the job is done right, and it's done on time, and it's done on budget. That's the key. And the best part about Emmons Roofing and Siding is that they serve our entire region, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore. I mean, if you if you got a house down the Jersey Shore, trust me when I tell you, you, you know, winter's tough on your house. So you got to make sure that any roof repairs, you need them, get them done now before the winter comes. Just go to EmmonsRoofing.com for a free estimate. And I'll tell you, they also do kitchen and bathroom remodeling. I've been using Emmons for six years now. When we moved into our previous home, Emmons did the roof, the windows, siding, doors. Then they remodeled our kitchen. Then they remodeled our bathroom. Now in the new house, Emmons just did four skylights for me. They're replacing a storm door, and they're replacing an exterior door as well. And who knows where we go from there. I'm sure at some point Bridget's going to say, I want the bathroom remodeled. Either way, I know that Emmons will take great care of it. That's what they do. Eight eight five six, excuse me, eight five six five five six three two two nine for a free estimate, or visit the Emmons Design Showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, or go to EmmonsRemodeling.com. Trust the company that I've been trusting with my home for over six years now. EmmonsRoofing.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All-Star Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. An amazing charge of a hockey player, uh, manslaughter, over a a hockey uh, cut with the blade of the skate. I've never seen like this before in the history of criminal justice. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. And we are live today 
at the New Jersey League of Municipalities Convention, the Republican Chairman's uh, dinner event tonight, which is where I'm doing the show from. And uh, it's good to be here. I tell you, there's a lot to chat about. And don't forget, though, the government is monitoring your social media use, which is why Nikki Haley came out a short time ago and said every person on social media should be verified by their name because of national security. So when I tell you that Nikki Haley is just another big neocon kind of a uh, Republican, she doesn't sound that much different than Kathy Hochul, in my opinion, if you ask me. So I'll share that with you in just a few moments. Uh, grab the audio for that. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you'd like to weigh in today on everything we are discussing. Busy show today. You just heard from the Atlanta County Republican Chairman, Don Purdy, who talked about the fact that there are a lot more laborers, blue-collar guys who are backing Republicans now. And I think that that trend is going to continue. And I share with you in the last hour of the Wall Street Journal article how Biden, the black vote, it's hurting him big time, and that's going to hurt him. And the Latino vote, too. So all these things are terrible, terrible factors for the Democrats. They're in a bad, bad spot. But they are very good at doing things like cheating, like they did with Giuseppe Costanzo, and coming up with phantom Fugazi candidates. So they'll always try to find a way. There's no question about that. They'll always try to find a way. This is, I want to contrast for you two clips, all right? The first one is the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul. This is from yesterday. I played this on the show yesterday. And what she says about what the state of New York will do now regarding your social media use. Pay attention here. This is very police state, big government, big brother. Cut number three. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms? And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. Because personal security is about everything for them. As I said, no one walking down the street or in a subway should feel they have to find to hide any indications of what their religious beliefs are. We expect to see people celebrating their lives, walking about freely. And that is no longer the case because people are living in fear. They have a right to do whatever they want here in the state of New York. Now, she's using this, uh, the, the, the attacks against Jewish people as the excuse here for this. But this is just Big Brother stuff. If people don't feel safe, the answer to that is cops. You get more cops and you let the cops actually do their job and you get a prosecutor who will actually prosecute criminals. That's how you make people feel safe. Monitoring people on social media doesn't make people feel safe and it doesn't lead to public safety. Nobody's going to feel safer riding a subway train if there's criminals there. If uh, my Twitter posts are being monitored, that's a scam. That's a joke. You know that. I know that. This is the exact same kind of crap I talk about all the time with you. It's the excuse. But... It's not just Kathy Hochul saying stuff like this. Nikki Haley, who's running for president. I've told you, I'm not a fan of Nikki Haley. In my mind, she sounds like the old school, big government Republican, neocon, would probably get us into another war, probably get us into a situation like that. 
I'm not a fan. I don't like her foreign policy. And I got to really question now her domestic policy, too, because this is what she just said regarding social media use. Take a listen. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's First of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids, and it's going to help our country. I really can't stand her. I, I really, everything she just said makes me want to vomit. First of all, the government has no right to tell social media companies to turn over their algorithms. That's number one. They have no right to do that. Number two, you have absolutely a right to talk about your government anonymously. You don't need to tell the government who you are, and the government has no right to know who you are. You have the right to bash your government whenever you want without the government knowing. That's bottom line. And then the third is, again, it's the national security excuse. We got to worry about Russian bots and Chinese bots and Iranian bots. So everybody has to be verified on social media. So in other words, the government, who is targeting speech, we know they're targeting speech, will now be able to go after people and know their name and know where they are and know where they live. So you have that guy, Ricky Vaughn, great example. He's facing 60 days. He's going to prison for 60 days for making a joking meme about Hillary Clinton. Nikki Haley gets her way. You won't be able to even use a moniker like Ricky Vaughn. You'll have to register. You'll have to have a social media account. What, what on the First Amendment says you got to register with the government? The fa- the, you realize that if you ever read the Federalist Papers, the Federalist Papers were written by the founders of this country who all used aliases. Publius being the famous one. Publius was the alias. And they used this alias because they knew that the British government would have literally murdered them, would have literally given them the death penalty, hanged them in the square in Philadelphia for their writings. So they wrote the Federalist Papers anonymously. We have had so much evidence of people writing anonymously to criticize their government over the years. Nikki Haley has her way. You won't be able to do that anymore. Because you'll have to register with the government, and the government will have to turn over the algorithm, or the company will have to turn over the algorithm to the government. I want you to hear this one more time. One more time, because I think this is so destructive, and I, I, I just want her candidacy to end. And I don't want Trump to pick her as the VP. I want Nikki Haley to go away. I do. I want her to go away. She is exactly the problem I'm talking about. And if you think we're going to win, if she's the nominee in 2024, you're not paying attention. You're not paying attention because Americans are tired of this stuff. They're tired of the weaponization. They're tired of the endless wars. If you think this that she's our ticket to victory, you're mistaken. And you're going to wind up helping to cost us this election if you think that Nikki Haley's the answer. Donald Trump can win. Nikki Haley will lose. And don't think because she's a woman, that's going to motivate people to vote for her. Women are very tough on women candidates, number one. Number two, nobody cares. On our side of the aisle, nobody cares. With independent voters and moderate voters, as they're called, or unaffiliated voters, they don't care either. What they care about are the issues. What Nikki Haley just said here is so incredibly destructive to the First Amendment, so antithetical to freedom. Take a listen. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, 
social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's First of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. What if I what if I don't want my what if I don't want my pastor and my family member and my kids to see it? What if I don't want them to see it? What if I want to just bash my government anonymously? What if I want to bash another person anonymously, like somebody who's, who's got a lot of power, for example? I don't, I don't want my pastor and my kids and my family knowing. I don't want civility because you know what? You know what she's talking about there is exactly the, the same thing this administration has been trying to do. Intimidate people into silence. If you get them to be afraid to say things because they know that people will wind up uh, being exposed, they'll be quiet. This is exactly what Merrick Garland's Department of Justice did when they issued that letter about school boards. When they sent that letter out, they intimidated moms and they intimidated dads to be quiet and to stop going to meetings and speaking out. So if Nikki Haley has her way, every single person out there will have to register. Now, when you go on social media as an anonymous name because you want to bash, say, mask mandates for your school, but you don't want your boss to know that you're doing it, or you're going to go on social media to bash bash the transgender policy your kids are being exposed to, but again, you don't want your your company to know that you're doing that because your job could be at stake. So you're going to lose your ability to speak out on issues if Nikki Haley has her way. If you've got to register on social media and everybody has to know who they are, what they say, and what they stand for. It's outrageous. It's absolutely antithetical to America. Look, I'm going to fight against tyranny, and if Republicans bring tyranny to the table, I'm going to fight against Republican tyranny, too. I'm not a party hack. If Republicans endorse tyranny, I'm going to stand up and say, absolutely no. And that's exactly what we're seeing with this. This is a disaster. You know, if, if, if Nikki Haley has her way... Do you know how many Trump people would have to be exposed as being Trump supporters who are on social media, who, again, can't tell their friends, can't tell their family members, they're worried about getting blasted, can't tell their people that they work for. So they're out there anonymously on Facebook or Twitter or other places, and they're pushing him and they're pushing the policies. But if Nikki Haley has her way, they won't be able to do that anymore. They'll have to be quiet. You'll shut them up. And the status quo will always win because people deep down inside think they have to be good. Civility, you know what? You know what? who says uh, civility? Democrats use the word civility all the time. And you know when they use it? They use it when they are in the majority. They use it when they're in the majority and they don't want anybody in the minority criticizing them. They use the word civility. Her language in that clip is exactly what Merrick Garland said and the National School Boards Association said about why they needed to let parents know that the FBI was going to be monitoring school board meetings. Because these meetings were not being civil. Parents at these meetings were not being civil. And they needed civility. It's the same thing Kathy Hochul said. We have to monitor you on social media because people have to feel safe. And if people are saying mean things on social media, that won't make them feel safe. This is a direct assault on freedom of speech is what it is. And it's being endorsed by Democrats and Republicans. And you've got to push back on it. There is a guy facing 60 days in prison, 60 days in prison. He's going to federal prison for making a joking meme on social media. The war on speech in this country is very real. The war on conservative speech in this country is very real. Don't think for a second it's not. And to think that 
the potential Republican nominee, my God, Nikki Haley, could say these things, shows you the problem. Shows you that there are people on both sides of the aisle who will absolutely work to silence opposition. And most of the people that will suffer from that are people like you and me, conservatives, libertarians, true Republicans. A Michigan judge has just ruled that far-left Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson does not have the ability to keep President Trump's name off Michigan's 2024 primary ballot. That's good, but it's not, because it just deals with the primary, and the judge has not addressed the general election question. The general election question, of course, being, can you keep Trump's name off the ballot in the general election? That question has yet to be addressed. These judges who are just ruling on primaries, please don't get excited yet. Primaries are private affairs between political parties. The Republican Party is a private entity. The Democrat Party is a, is a private entity. How they choose their nominees, the government does not get involved in how they choose their nominees. There are certain things that you can't break the law around, but otherwise they're free enterprises. So when a judge comes out and says they can't keep Trump off the primary ballot, understand what that means. It just addresses the primary. The fight's not over. And they're going to keep trying and coming after him regarding the general election ballot. So keep your eyes on the ball. Trust me on this. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. An ex-NHL hockey player was arrested uh, after an ex-NHL hockey player was killed in a skate blade collision on the ice. Police in England have arrested a man in connection to the death of a hockey player, according to multiple reports. England is friggin' nuts. I've watched this video. This definitely does not look intentional, but we'll talk about that with you as well. Live from the Republican County Chairman event at the League of Municipalities Convention in Atlantic City at Il Capriccio. We'll come back. We're going to talk to my buddy, another county chairman, fighting the good fight in Monmouth County. He's also the county sheriff, so we'll talk to him about law enforcement as well. It's me, Rich, with you, and I want to tell you about my friends over... At Cooper University Healthcare, the entire Zioli family uses Cooper for all of our healthcare needs, from pediatric to primary to, of course, advanced surgery, specialty surgical uh, needs like my diverticulitis surgery was at Cooper as well. And baby Reagan was born at Cooper, Cooper Hospital. So for you and your family, for all your medical needs, please don't hesitate. Get an appointment today by calling 1-800-8-COOPER or go to cooperhealth.org cooperhealth.org. Remember, Cooper is an advanced medical care, respected throughout our region, respected throughout the world, and they are committed, compassionate, and complete. Everything from the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper, where they are doing life-saving work on cancer care, to the Cooper Neurological Institute, where they are truly saving lives after stroke and dementia. You are absolutely in the best hands with Cooper. So please, reach out to them today. Cooperhealth.org Cooperhealth.org We'll be right back. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. You know, I always love to be live and local for you whenever I possibly can in the center of the action. And that's where we are today. In the center of the action, the biggest political event in New Jersey politics is going on right now in Atlantic City. Thousands and thousands of people in politics 
together for a couple days of uh, networking. And the Republican County chairs of the state are all together here for a big cocktail party, and they invited me to come do the show live from their event. And I'm very happy to have on the phone with me right now. He's actually in the room with me, but I forget to bring a, I forgot to bring a second mic. So he's on the phone. But Chairman Sean Golden, the chairman of the Monmouth County Republican Party, he's also the county sheriff, and he joins me now. What's up, buddy? Good to see you. Hey, Rich, great to be with you again. Uh, welcome welcome to Atlantic City and the GOP Chairman's Alliance uh, party here, so all good. It's great to be here. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of energy in the room. There's a lot of people very, very excited and fired up. Uh, before we get into the political stuff, let's put on your sheriff's hat for a moment. Um, sure. Recently, the Attorney General of New Jersey, I had a laugh, sent a letter to Hyundai and Kia uh, shaming them, shaming the victims for car thefts and saying that they needed to do a better job making their cars less easy to steal. I had a laugh, right, right. Uh, Sheriff. I had a laugh. Too easy to steal. Too easy yeah. to steal. That's, that's, a new, that's a new one. Um, you know, listen, you, you got to attack it at the root cause, Rich. And, you know, I've been on your show talking about this. Uh, auto theft is on the rise. And, and in large part, it's bail reform. I don't know how else to put it. You look at it logically, the statistics show... Yeah, since 2017 in Bellevue Form, year over year, auto theft has been up in, in Monmouth County and the state of New Jersey, right? And, and they, they want to claim a bit of a victory because, yeah, we curved it down from an all-time high of over 36% increase in five years, right? But because it's down a little bit this year, we're going to claim victory. Like, that's unacceptable. We're nowhere near on the decline back to the 2017 bail reform numbers and, and uh, you know we want to we want to tell our residents oh you have to lock your keys you know make sure you lock up your car on your own personal property in your own garage right so they they were the problem and now it's the automakers that are the problem it has nothing to do with the fact that we just have a revolving door of justice we see it in the inner city you and i spoke about this with my brother being head coach of temple football for a number of years and you know, look at look at what's happened in Philadelphia. Uh, we just have a uh, microcosm right. in our area of the same thing. You know, as I think about it too, Sean, uh, in addition to the inner cities and the car thefts and everything else that we're dealing with, we're also dealing with a problem, a more pervasive problem in terms of not standing with law enforcement. And I think that a lot of cops out there, and I talk to cops all the time in Philadelphia. I mean, your brother was a head coach at Temple Football. You're a legend. I mean, the golden name is, is a legend. Yeah. But you know the Philly cops, I mean, their morale right now is so low. I'm telling you. It's, first of all, they're having recruitment broken, problems. Rich. It's broken. It, it, it's, it's like that. But recruitment problems are everywhere. We're having it in the rural areas as well, in Monmouth County. I mean, we used to have a 1,000 kids take our tests coming out of college. Uh, we're, we're talking about 180 last year, right? 180 from 1,000. And the state police used to have 6,000 for New Jersey. Uh, they had 1,000. So, you know, the proof is in the numbers again. But everybody wants to ignore the bail reform numbers. They want to ignore the recruitment numbers. And they want to point fingers where it's going to get us nowhere until we address the problems. And God bless the inner city uh, law enforcement officers like the Philadelphia police and, and NYPD. They're doing, their, they're doing their job in, in really circumstances that I haven't seen in 30 years in law enforcement. 
All right, Sean Golden, as uh, you were also, in addition to being the sheriff of Monmouth County, you're the Republican chairman. Put on your chairman's hat for me for a moment. Let's talk about some of the, uh, what I think are illegal tactics by Democrats, including what they did in South Jersey, running a uh, phantom Fugazi candidate in Giuseppe Costanzo. I mean, I think what they did was outrageous. The Democrat machine hurt Republicans in a big, big way. Uh, and, I, and I hope that there'll be some accountability. Now, you talk to your compadre, Don Purdy. They are not going to let this go. They're going to go after this, and they should, because I think what they did was outrageous, and they disenfranchised a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, running the phantom candidate, and, and it's clear as day. I mean, the proof is, is there. It's undeniable. Uh, Chairman Purdy of Atlantic County, he, he did a tremendous job. Uh, Senator Palestino won again. I mean, you know, under, under the circumstances, he had good wins in Atlantic County. He had good wins in, in Cape May and, and Salem. Like, you know, so, you know, listen, the Republicans in South Jersey are strong, uh, but we don't need this shenanigans and nonsense. You know, it's hard enough with the vote-by-mail uh, system that's out there going on and, and early voting, and I guess you can vote, you know, whenever now. It's uh, it's really become yeah. a system that is uh, unplausible if you try to really explain this and, and think it out. Um, you know, they're using it. They're gaming it. Um, we know it. You know, listen, our, the, among, the, the, the conversation here among all the chairs in this room is, you know, how do we work the same system? And I think uh, President Trump had alluded to this. Certainly Jack Chivarelli knows, um, you know, how suspect uh, vote by mail is because he woke up, you know, what he was, he was going to bed the winner and he woke up the loser. And what a different world we'd be living in New Jersey right now if Jack was our governor. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we got we to gotta start being on the ground. Um, you know, I'll call it ballot harvesting. Not a great word. We as Republicans like that, you know, we hold our integrity, but... You know, we got to make that system work for us, and um, you know, because it's not because it's not gonna it's not gonna change. So it is what it you know we we, we got to attack it we got to attack it head on. So. You know what? You're you're exactly right about that, Sean. We gotta we gotta attack it head on. There's no question about that. Sean Golan's with Rich, me. He's the Rich, of the... Let me say one thing real, real yeah. quick about that. You know, uh, during during the, the COVID uh, you know pandemic. Um, if you remember, Governor Murphy ordered all, all vote by mail, right? So everybody had a vote by mail. There were no machines. And I have to tell you, our 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 performance of Republicans in the state and and our county was superb. So we can do it. You know, we 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 have the capability as Republicans to do it. Um, you know, we just got to change our mindset and and change some of the messaging and, and try to get that done because. Uh, as long as these laws are in place, as long as we have a Democratic governor and Democratic legislators, we're going to be dealing with these with, with this voting law. We have to overcome it. We have to be smarter about it and more aggressive. Well, I agree with you, uh, Chairman. I, I think that it's a mindset we have to get over because this is not going away. Drop boxes, early voting, mail-in voting, it's not going away. And unfortunately, look, I'm guilty of this. I voted at 7.45 p.m. on Election Day. I was driving home yeah, from work, yeah. and uh, I was tempted to just call it a night and go see the kids, and I remembered I had to go vote. But we we have to do what the and, Democrats and, are doing, and that's which is an example, the ballot that's an in their example hands. Of what's going, uh, that's the example of what's going on with our Republicans around the state. My family members are just as guilty. They, they want to vote on Election Day. And... I, I got to tell you, like you said, you know, we're hardworking uh, people that go to work every day, including those Tuesdays, and we really got to take advantage of those weekends. You know, I say that Democrats are voting for 14 days. We're voting for four hours between 4, right. you know, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m., and that's got to change. So, you know, until we change that mindset and get more aggressive about it, 
uh, I think we'll continue to see some of these losses. Listen, we gave back we gave back our games a few years ago in the state assembly, and um, this is just an example of you know all the chairs in this room are of the mindset we need to make changes. We have to rearrange our party on the state level, and we have to be more aggressive. And that's why we're all here tonight to spread that spread that message. Well said, my friend. Listen, I'll let you get back to the networking. Always appreciate it. Sheriff and Republican County Chairman Sean Golden, Monmouth County, New Jersey. Thanks, my friend. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. You bet, buddy. You bet. All right, as we continue along the show here, there's a lot to get to on the national front. We'll continue to cover the local politics, but I think exactly what the chairman just said about early voting and um, drop boxes, absentee voting, all these things have to happen. we got to do it. If we don't do it, we're going to lose. The Democrats are going to win. It's just the bottom line. Again, I always tell you, I live in the real world. I don't live in a Fugazi world. I live in the real world. The real world that I live in is we have to embrace these things if we want to win, period. Otherwise, we will lose, and that is something we can't have happen. Uh, in fact, next to me is my friend Mike Gadamore. Just got elected to the New Jersey State Assembly. He is, how old are you, Mike? You are, how, how old are you? How old? 39 years old, new Republican state legislator from North Jersey. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. All right, well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I want to tell you about NJ Diet because they're going to help you lose weight. Real weight loss. 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days' time. That's right. With NJ Diet. Now, here's how this works NJ Diet is all natural. No shots, no hormones, no prepackaged foods, and none of that nonsense. Just real weight loss designed for you and your body. And you know the reason why it works? It works because you're not wasting time with all the other nonsense that is for somebody else's body that's not your body. Your biochemistry is unique. That's why NJ Diet uses DNA samples, hair samples, saliva samples to customize solutions and supplements for you. And that's why it works. You lose the weight, contractually guaranteed, 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. You keep the weight off and then you feel better. So just in time for the holidays when everybody's bulking up and gaining weight and everybody's trying to hide it under ugly Christmas sweaters, you will be looking and feeling your absolute best. Guaranteed. There are locations close by in King of Prussia, Newark, Delaware, and Cherry Hill, New Jersey, or live online anytime at njdiet.com. Just reach out to them today, 855-5NJ-DIET, 855-5NJ-DIET, or njdiet.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. We are live here at uh, the Republican County Chairman's event in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And it's a lot of fun. The room is packed. Hundreds of people here. You are right in the center of the action. We have elected officials here and uh, county chairs. We're all talking about the future, how we can win, how we can win. That's the key. So, yeah, listen, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's great to be here. 855-839-1210. And uh, on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you would like to weigh in today and everything we were talking about. Chairman James Comer came out and spoke about Hunter Biden, the investigation, everything that's going on with the Bidens. It's a little bit long, but I'll tell you what, um, it's worth hearing. So let's take a listen to that. I think you owe it to the American people to explain why you've gone on Fox News and told people that while the president was out of office, he, he had a loan with his brother, and in a way they were evading taxes. It has come out in the public that you also do business with your brother with potential loans. And so since you have framed that and manipulated that with the American people, that Joe Biden did something wrong when he wasn't in office, I just would like to know if you would like to use some of my time. I would love. I would love it. Okay. 
you retweeted that story. Completely false. I've never loaned my brother one penny. My father, who was a dentist, had some farmland. He died, and my brother couldn't afford. He wanted to sell it, but he wanted to keep it in the family. So I bought it from my brother. You can come to Monroe County and look at all the land that is titled. I'm going to kill that cut since he's cursing a lot in it. <laughs> did you kill it officially? Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, well, yeah. you, you know, Matt, Matt DeSantis, typically producers would screen the clips ahead of time and then they would play it on the air. But not you. You have a well, different way of doing things, don't well, you? Well, I just it figured was... since I'm here right now, he figured I would catch it. All right, I'll blame you, Jim. Of you, course, I'll blame, blame you. me but for you gotta, everything. But you got to lower your volume because you're so loud in my ears right now. Why oh, are you so loud? Is that any better? That's much better. Oh, Thank you. Man. The Santas has a girl, like a little girl, like a uh, voice, a prepubescent sort of. So right. you have to balance that when you speak. I got that South Philly type accent. You got, yeah, you, so. you're you're loud and obnoxious, Jim. Of that's course I am. Loud and obnoxious. You know, Jim, you didn't go to Harvard, like an elitist. No, you're not the mascot just, at Harvard. I'm not I mentioning just, names. I just took I some not night. The mascot. <laughs> yeah, I just took some night classes at, at Cabrini College in, in communications. I have no idea what I'm doing here. Jim Kelly is filling in for Henry today, and uh, Henry is filling in for Big Dan on Dom's show, and we don't have a big bench of uh, good producers, so there's like five of you guys, and they yeah. have to rotate. We share them like uh, cheap whores. Now, the thing about it, though, and uh, just a little inside baseball for a moment since the here at Lavi, this event, and the Republican County Chairs are all talking. When you have an executive producer, the executive producer is supposed to be it's your Robin to your Batman. And that person is supposed to be by your side no matter what, through thick or thin, always, and you, and you and only you, because they are your loyal sidekick. They are your man, your consigliere. They are the top guy. This is the Tom Hagen to Vito Corleone. And you don't go outside the family. You never go outside the family. But you see, Except you if you're Matt DeSantis and then you wind up going on the morning show <laughs> and filling in as the executive producer on the morning show, which is literally going outside the family. I didn't have a choice. Greg told me. Which earns you the nickname Matt DeSanctitraitorist, which you will now have for life. But you know what, though? You have to understand. But I, I hope you don't think me as bad a board op as you thought Santino Bay and Don. Rest in peace. But... <laughs> no, it's a wartime conciliary. You know what I mean? Kale's got Greg Stocker, I got this guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew when you started that sentence it wasn't going to end complimentary. So <laughs> I, I, I figured it was going down a dark path. Anyway, but, but I, I, just, I, just, I just don't know what to do, God. I'll tell you My one voice thing, is going. I'll tell you one thing that I know it's happening right now is that they, they are all celebrating the death of Orsted, the windmills. I can hear them all talking about that right now. If you can hear the applause in the background. That is over. They are cheering on the death and destruction of the Orsted wind turbine project. And there's a lot of very, very happy people in the room. A lot of people that worked very hard on that deliberately are in this room right now. And, I mean, really, they worked hard to kill that project. So this is kind of a big victory lap for that. Which, again, even though I'm here and it's a Republican event, 
Think of all the times you were at the Grand Hotel in Cape May together, and people came up, the guardians of the shore, guardians of the, of the whales, and they were fighting against these wind turbines. This was a grassroots effort. Uh, Mike Donahue, who I'm going to talk to in a little bit, Michael Donahue was the chairman of the Cape May Republican Party. He's also, he was a special counsel for Cape May, fighting Orsted, fighting the wind people. And Vince Palestina, who's a state senator, is here. He was fighting the wind people, too. My buddy Ed Durr, who lost re-election, unfortunately, but he fought the good fight. Mike Testa, all these guys fought the good fight. And they won. And they beat Orsted. And the wind project is dead. At least on this part of the Jersey Shore, it's dead. Now, the next fight is the Atlantic Shores wind turbine project that they're working on building. But look at green energy in general. Look around the country right now. Look at what Democrats are trying to do. And this is purely for political purposes. Remember I mentioned earlier in the show today there's a shadow campaign that's being run by King Philip the Unaccountable, his royal rugness, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, Gavin Newsom. They're all waiting for the chance to run for president. Now, there's no way the Democrats are going to let this primary be open, no chance whatsoever. But imagine for a second uh, that it was an open primary. Imagine now you have Murphy, Newsom, and, uh, and Whitmer all in New Hampshire campaigning at, for Democrats. And they would all try to out-tyrant each other. Murphy would be up there going, ha, ha, New Jersey, listen, New Jersey, I, I went, I tried a thousand windmills, ha, 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 with that rug stapled to his head. Newsom all slick with that beautiful coif of hair. Gretchen Whitmer, they'd all be trying to out-tyrant each other, tyrant each other. They'd all be, you know, Whitman would talk about how she shut down her own kids. Newsom would say, well, I, I want up you. I shut down freaking Hollywood. I killed Hollywood, B, and he dropped the microphone. Oh, yeah? Well, I murdered Mickey Mouse, yo. I mean, they would have an out-tyrannical nutbag contest. It's like your mama jokes. It'd be like your tyranny jokes. Like, my tyranny was so bad. You know, it'd be like, your tyranny was so weak, you let movies be shown. I killed Hollywood. What's up? And then they dropped the microphone. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. So that's the, uh, that's the thing. This, this wind turbine project was always going to be an, a disaster. But for Murphy, politically, he had to do it if he wants to run for president because he can't let Newsom outflank him on the left with all this. That's where we are. That's why this was such a big, devastating political loss for him. I mean, it was huge. You can't even, believe me when I tell you, you can't even anticipate that. But it was a big win. Hey, get that glass off my table. Hang on a second here. One second. I got to... Oh. Uh, Chairman Sean Golden's back. And I love how John Cantalupo on my broadcast table just put down his empty glass like a gavone. Good to see him. I'm posing for a picture here with the Chairman Sean Golden, who you just heard. Monmouth County Chairman. Sheriff, thank you, buddy. Thanks for your time. Uh, these people worked really hard in killing these windmills. And this is a big celebration, really, of the, of the, of the death of the windmills and the, sa- the, the life-saving efforts by conservatives to save whales and dolphins. I mean, think about that, where we are right now. Just think about that, that the conservatives had to save the whales and dolphins. The party of the whales and the dolphins. Conservative Republicans. Imagine. Whoever would have predicted it. But it's not over. You know, yesterday I shared with you on the show how Vladimir Putin is making a ton of cash selling liquid natural gas. Why don't we have a big natural gas export facility outside of Philadelphia? You know, the truth of the matter is that Josh Shapiro ran as being a friend to fracking, a friend to natural gas. He's a liar. He doesn't support the industry. Josh Shapiro, the governor, now, because he has his eyes on the White House, wants to destroy the fracking industry. This is the difference between Democrats who run on the local level and the national level. 
You run as a Democrat for Pennsylvania, you got to be on the side of fracking. you got to be on the side of the working men and women who work in the industry. You see the value in it. Imagine a Philadelphia liquid natural gas export facility. Thousands of good-paying jobs. We could sell our natural gas that we get right here in PA. We could sell it. How about 5 o'clock, Mike? 5 o'clock, all right? We could sell it around the world. Instead, Vladimir Putin's making money. We're fighting this fake war in Ukraine. We're paying for it because of Joe Biden's corruption. Putin is still making money. In fact, Putin's probably making more money right now because of the war in Ukraine. And all these European Union countries who are apparently so worried that if we don't, like Nikki Haley says, stop him now, he'll be the next Hitler. Well, these European countries are not that worried about that because they're buying his liquid natural gas at record levels. So when I hear, I hear these neocons like Nikki Haley go on and on about how if we don't stop Putin now, he's going to conquer Poland next. It'll be 1933 all over again. Uh, I, I have to laugh. You think Europe's that worried about this? Is that, is that why France? France was literally conquered by the Nazis, where literally they had Nazi swastikas and flags throughout Paris. The Nazis occupied Paris. Good story about that. I'm just find it off on a side note for a moment. Since you know I'm a wine guy and I'm about to have my first glass. There was a book written years ago called The Billionaire's Vinegar. It was about Thomas Jefferson's wine. Jefferson, as you know, in addition to being the Secretary of State and the President of the United States and the, uh, the author behind the Declaration of Independence, was also the ambassador to France. And he loved wine. It's all he drank. He would not drink anything else. He didn't, he didn't like whiskey. In fact, he thought whiskey was a scourge on America. He talked about it. He wrote about it a lot. And he loved wine. And he would, he would bring wine home from France. In fact, Jefferson died in debt because of his love of wine. And he would, have, he would drink a bottle of wine a day, sometimes two. And I think about that because he's my political hero and philosopher. And uh, I think, as John F. Kennedy once said, he had a room full of, I think there were like maybe 10, 12 very esteemed authors and, and philosophers in the room. And he said, there has not been this much brain power in this room, the Oval Office, combined since Thomas Jefferson was here alone. But anyway, Jefferson loved wine so much, and uh, there was this bottle of wine that was found in a cellar in Paris back in the 1980s. So in the 1980s, they started to do all these renovations of these old buildings in Paris, and they found this hermetically sealed wine cellar. When the Nazis came into Paris, they wound up covering up their wine cellars, taking down their paintings, hiding them, and uh, this, this one house... They sealed in their wine cellar, and it was perfectly hermetically sealed because of the way they did the concrete over it. And the only reason they found it was because they had to dig through. They thought it was the foundation. Dig through. The roof opens up. The ceiling opens up, and there's this massive wine cellar. They find wine in there that they believe belongs to Thomas Jefferson while he was either Secretary of State or Ambassador to France. So anyway, uh, the wine goes to auction. The story of what happens with that wine is a great tale. But the bottom line is this. The French, for all we can say about them, the surrender party and whatnot, the, the French know firsthand what Nazi occupation was like. And the Nazis would come in and steal their wine. They were supposed to destroy it because Hitler didn't drink. You know, Adolf Hitler didn't drink, so he had, they had to destroy all the wine. Of course, he never did that. They would just drink it all themselves. But not, the, the, the French understand. If they really thought that Vladimir Putin was the next Hitler... He was going to roll into Paris, roll down the uh, the Champs Elysees, the Triumph, whatever the hell it is, 
uh, and put the Nazi flags everywhere, or in this case, the uh, the Russian flags. Why would they buy his natural gas? Why would they do that? How stupid would they have to be to do that? But you see, that's the thing. This is not a real problem for Europe. If it was a real problem for Europe, Europe has the resources. Europe can mobilize. Europe can mobilize tomorrow and stop it. We're a NATO member. If we wanted to stop it, if Europe needed us, we would join in. We'd join in the fight. We would do that. But we, we keep hearing this excuse. And so to bring it back to Pennsylvania for a moment, as we're here with the Republicans in New Jersey celebrating the death of the windmills, and even though they were not successful on Election Day, that's a big win for them. I just keep thinking about this dichotomy that exists between Democrats at the local level and Democrats at the national level. Josh Shapiro ran for governor as a guy who was going to be a friend of the fracking industry. But 95 collapsed. And he was out there doing his best Southern preacher. I have commanded 95 to be rebuilt, right? 95 is rebuilt. Suddenly everybody's talking about Josh Shapiro for president. Wow, this guy's so bright and smart and young and talented. And suddenly now Josh Shapiro has walked back his stance on school choice. He has been wavering on guns, and he has been wavering on his support for liquid natural gas. Because otherwise, build a gigantic liquid natural gas export station, hold a big press conference, and announce that you, as governor of Pennsylvania, you're going to single-handedly battle Vladimir Putin. It's not your job to do as governor, but you have the resources. Pennsylvania has the resources. The hardworking men and women of Pennsylvania who have the resources because of fracking, we can defeat Vladimir Putin by selling our liquid natural gas. And I, Josh Shapiro, as governor, I'm going to make sure this happens and we don't give Vladimir Putin another penny. I mean, think about it. In a normal world, that would be brilliant political strategy. In fact, for what I just said, Josh Shapiro's campaign should pay me a million dollars. That's that good. That's how good that political strategy would be in a normal world. But this Democrat Party is not living in a normal world. This Democrat Party is living in a world where if you stand up and you say those things, you're done. You just backed natural gas. You just backed a fossil fuel. Anything short of wind or solar or hydro, you're out. You're done. You can't you can't be the presidential nominee. In fact, you got to go a step further. You want the party's nomination? You have to show how many whales and dolphins you killed. Like, Murphy should go to the debate. If he does wind up running for president, he should go. You know how, like, gang like gang members in prison have the tears for every member they killed at a gang, Matt DeSantis? You know what I'm talking about? Where they'll have, like, tattoo stripes for every person they killed. And it's like a, a bragging thing. Murphy should do a tear tattoo for every whale and dolphin he killed in New Hampshire. To show off, like, to show his street, his street cred. I don't know if he has enough space on his face. You're right. He might wind up having one of those hideous face tattoos. But it'll match the rug on his head and those hideous teeth. (laughs) New Jersey, look at me, New Jersey. I had a tattoo my entire face. I killed so many whales and dolphins, my whole face is a giant teardrop. New Jersey. I still think it'd be a big improvement, Matt DeSantis. That's I mean, what I'm saying. The street cred would go through the roof. Because other than uh, you and me, like you, I guess the listeners as well, um, people will just assume, oh, he must have killed people. I, like Gangs, I think, would fear him. He'd be like the most dangerous yeah. man on the planet. So that's an idea for them. Again, I'm just trying to help, you know. <laughs> so, so in addition to being for these things, you got to prove your street cred by how many wind turbines you built, how many whales and dolphins you killed. Otherwise, you have no street cred, yo, and the Democrat Party won't accept you because you didn't actually kill any whales and dolphins. 
this is what I mean about the Democrat Party losing its friggin' mind. Josh Shapiro could be a hero in all this. I know it, it rhymes, but he could be if he wanted to be, but he wants to run for president. And much like how New Jersey Democrats actually knew the wind turbine problem project was politically problematic for them early on, and which is why they changed their tune towards the end of the election. The only thing that saved them in the end was they all changed their tune. They all turned around and said, well, you know, now that we look at it, we think that maybe we made a mistake on this project. Maybe we should walk it back. It saved them in November. That and the early voting and the cheating and the Fugazi candidates. But you see, if you have your eyes on the White House, you don't care about your own state. You don't care about what's good for your workers. You don't care about what's good for your people. You only care about what's good for you politically. And the National Democrat Party is freaking nuts. And that's your audience. That's who you have to win. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you'd like to weigh in. I'll tell you something. Being in Cape May is always fun. But as much as I, I should say being in Atlantic County is always fun. Atlantic City is a blast. My, my heart, my heart is in Cape May. Even right now, my heart is in Cape May. And I have the Cape May County Republican chairman joining me in a few moments, Michael Donahue, one of the hosts of the event today, the man who single-handedly saved the whales and dolphins. Single-handedly, like, like, uh, like Aquaman. But Cape May is, of course, my happy place. And the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, is where I love to stay. And they have an incredible special for you and your family, 15% off midweek stays when you use my name, Zioli, when you book your room. You can either call them or go direct at GrandHotelKateMay.com. 15% off your midweek stay. And if you don't want to cook next week, I get it. They have an amazing, lavish Thanksgiving buffet. They are preparing on the fifth floor ballroom, the exact same place where we do our live show. And mark your calendars. The next live show is December 15th at the Grand Hotel. It's my happy place for so many reasons. Kids driving you crazy over the holidays? Get away. They have a big indoor heated pool, game room. Hemingway's Restaurant right on site. Great food, great drinks. And that's why Chef David Mills and the entire team is going to prepare a Thanksgiving feast you'll never forget. GrandHotelKMA.com. GrandHotelKMA.com. Remember, use my name, Zioli, when you make your reservation. Always book direct with them for the best rates. My happy place, GrandHotelKMA.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. The Revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Yes, the windmills are dead. Long live the whales and dolphins. Hunter Biden's corruption is heating up. And uh, Donald Trump, another effort to keep him off the ballot, fails so far. But the fight is far from over. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 30 minutes of nonstop talk for you. I am live today in Atlantic City, New Jersey. At Il Capriccio Restaurant for the Republican County Chairman's event during the League of Municipalities, 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. It's great to be here. So, two Saturdays ago, I was in Gloucester County. My buddy Mike Donahue, the chairman of the Cape May County Republican Party, was there. I said, you know what, Donahue, I, I want to come to this event. This is, these are my people, uh, but i got to do a live show. He said, well, what if we can set you up with a, a, a remote broadcast at the event? I said, let's make it happen. Of course, we don't plan well in advance, 
So I didn't get any signs. I didn't get a second microphone. So he's sitting across the table from me, literally calling into the show to talk on the air. So let me welcome to the show Chairman Michael Donahue. How are you, my friend? There's a will, there's a way, brother. <laughs> Hopefully the background noise isn't too bad, but it's a good problem to have. It's like packed to the rafters. How about it? It is very packed in here. Congratulations. Uh, double congratulations for you because you were the special counsel for Cape May County, New Jersey. And you guys fought the fight and you won and you beat Orsted and you saved a lot of whales and you saved a lot of dolphins. You saved tourism. You saved the Jersey Shore. So congratulations, my friend. Thanks, thanks. And it's, uh, you know, we're still going. The fight's not over. It's a two-and-a-half-year effort of fighting them on every front and you know, coordinating with grassroots groups from, you know, save, save LBI, you know, and protect closely Jersey, bring it, defend Brigantine Beach and, and others, and litigating on every front of the ship. So we've got two appeals pending out of the BPU sham process that they ran there. It's, I mean, I'll say it's a kangaroo court. You know, when you have judges sitting with window and the telephones on, uh, you know, you know what side they're on. So those appeals are still pending. We have a massive suit in the federal court, which we dropped, and two weeks later, we're still in that count. So, you know, we were one of the straws, I believe, that broke that camel back. The industry, they've moved too fast. They can't do what they promised. It's all a pig and a pose. It's all about money. It's actually anything green about it is taxpayers' dollars. Billions of dollars in tax subsidies. And, you know, we pulled the curtain back on the wizard. And it's all just about money. It's about grab taxpayer subsidies as fast as you can, build as fast as you can, you know, destroy the Earth's environment. And it's and this whole construct about climate change. We know that's false. The Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, federal agency in charge of stuff said it's not going to help the climate the change. So, it, listen, there are a lot of people who are involved in that, but it's a big, big deal. That Ocean Wind 1, Ocean Wind 2 will not be built. At least nobody that's not by York say that it's, it, it, they're, on, they're, on a, they're on a small boat on their way back to Copenhagen, and uh, they're happy to see it there. So. <laughs> The uh, the effort too to beat it though it was amazing to me how the president of the United States the governor of New Jersey didn't listen to any of the local officials it was just a complete they tried to just ramroad this through billions of dollars in taxpayer dollars uh, the rates would go go up it's funny too it, it says a lot about educating voters right because I think when the project first started it sounded great to a lot of people they thought oh look wind yeah we won't even see them it'll be great they learned about it they learned about the cost they learned about the effects the whales and dolphins start watching them on the beaches and they realize this is a disaster you guys were able to mobilize grassroots people to speak up and so then you started getting mayors and council people and county commissioners and local elected officials you had people People uh, who live in Pennsylvania with shore houses in New Jersey speaking out. I mean, it became a loud banging of the drum. There's a lesson in that, right? There's a lesson in the fact that when we can mobilize the grassroots, we can win. We can do it. Oh, listen, we were up against the most powerful forces there are. President of the United States, the governor of the state of New Jersey, the Holy Legislature. But I would say that, and I mean it sincerely, God bless the whales and doctors. Nobody wanted to see them dying. I'm still convinced it had something to do with the wind survey. But that really crystallized the focus of people on the ground. And here's what happened. Once they tuned in and said, oh, my God, the whales and dolphins are being killed, then they realized all the other problems with these projects and how environmentally damaging they are. I mean, look, it's easy to visualize, right? Take hundreds of thousands of acres of the ocean floor and destroy it. 
just wipe it out. Put these windmills in it, boulder fields, shower fields, they call them. What is that going to do to our environment, to our fisheries, to our crammers, to our scalpers, to that whole industry? And the tourism industry, and we, you know, in Cayman County, Atlantic County as well. We, it's combined, we spend over 14, it's over a $14 billion economy, tourism. And it's, they're estimated to, to cause at least a 15% reduction in tourism. We do that. I mean, that's hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So the whales, I, I say it again, with God bless them, but, you know, I tell me that they sacrifice themselves to like, bring attention to this issue. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but it's like a Star Trek movie or something. Like the whales are like, hey, we gotta we gotta stop this thing. How do we do it? And that know, was a Star that, Trek movie, I think. I, it literally it was. was. It was yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so look it was it was a huge win in a battle in a long war. Atlantic Shores is right off here, right off the coast of Atlantic City. They see it from Cable County. It's the same type of project, same problems environmentally, same problems when it comes to tourism. Uh, Mayor Vince Sterling and Brigantine, which is now part of Atlantic City, as you know, has been leading the charge up here in Atlantic County. It's up for me. I'm the only person who can say that. But, you know, we are now kind of training the guns a little bit in this direction, figuring out how we can help, how we can do what we did there. And I'll tell you, I've gotten calls from from Nantucket, from Rhode Island, from California, from Maine, saying, how did you do it? How did, what did you do? So I've been talking to a lot of people and saying, like, this is the playbook. But did we single-handedly drive with them? I'm not. But have we not been fighting them on every front and telling them, hey, you're not getting a pass. It's going to take litigation for you to even get a permit to open the road. And I think that was part of their consideration. Like, look, we're already in a hole here by $2.8 billion. Now we're staring down all this litigation. And by the way, if we, Cape May County and a, a Clean Ocean Action and the fisheries are part of this federal suit, if we won on one issue, it, it was a multi-year setback for them. So I, I believe strongly on the airfield market that what we have done uh, on the legal front, what we did on the ground with all of these organic grassroots groups, it was a, a major factor in their decision, saying, you know what, we need, we need to get out of New Jersey. It ain't working. Yeah. And thank God. And, you know, so it's one battle and a long war. We'll, we'll keep going. Uh, Michael Donahue is with me. He's the chairman of the Cape May County Republican Party. Uh, there's a lot of unity in the room tonight. You have, uh, I think, about a dozen county chairs on the invitation for this event, which is great. I'm honored to be here. You and I go back, I think, probably 20 years or so. I mean, we, we've been in the fight together. We've been in the trenches together. What happened this last election with that phantom Fugazi candidate, this Giuseppe Costanzo? What a sin. I mean, what a sin how the Democrats were able to orchestrate that stunt. I met a guy last week, Mike. He came up to me. I knew him before, but came up to me and said, Rich, I fell for it. I, I didn't know. I hadn't heard you talk about it yet. And I went and I voted for him. Uh, they, they really pulled a fast one here with that. And I talked to Don Purdy, the chairman of the Atlanta County Republican Party, about this. And we can't let this go. We got to push back. We got to fight back. There's got to be some justice here in all this. Well, look, I think it's broadly across the board. You hear people talk about um, the vote by mail problem. It's a problem. I think we go about the wrong way, and I don't believe you're listening with my ideas. And I think in that instance, in every instance, we got to stop getting out work on that stuff. 
And what it is is there's low propensity voters. And the Democrats yep. are five, six years ahead of us, right? So they said, hey, those people don't vote. They hardly ever vote. So let's put a ballot on their kitchen table that we can right. go pick up from them, right? They're, they're kicking ass with it. That's what they say. Trump says, oh, they stole the election. Well, they did, but they did it by changing the law. So they didn't, you know, that's not technically theft. You know, if you make you change the law, so you can steal somebody's car, you're not committing grand theft auto. Uh, but we got to catch up. We got to catch up. I think we will. That's what sort of being here tonight is about and to a great extent. You know, we as a group of chairs have looked at it and said, hey, we want to supplement with things on state lines. We're going to look at NDGC. We're going to look at uh, the Assembly and the Senate Republicans and say, we need to really focus. We need to get this group together and say, hey, some of us have resources we can bring. You know, some of us are giving the money to a district that's in North Jersey and North Chapter. We have experience. We've run campaigns. We know how to do this. We go into places where they don't know how to do that and teach them how to do it. These are the kind of things we want to do and we will be doing. We did it in this cycle. We're just getting started. And as you might have heard me say, people are telling the story of this election as, oh, the Democrats really... No, no. This is the story of this election. We were fighting in places where two or three years ago we couldn't even find candidates. And not only did we fight in those places, we came down close to winning. So, you know, that world of South Jersey is on notice. This is the beginning. We're going to be in every election from here on out. This group of chairs is going to try to help wherever we can. And as you know, we, we were heavily involved in just before and Washington County and other places. And it made a difference. So we've now seen that we can move the needle. We didn't get it there. That wasn't going to happen everywhere in the first, first try. I mean, you know, we talked about, go back, when I first became a chairman, everybody thinks Clinton has this red model. It's not. We had found foreign Democrats in Poland, and we just went at it, and we just fought, and we worked on the ground, and we took those towns. And now both of them have a Republican solid uh, unanimous majorities, and there was no opposition there. You know, so that's, we're just getting started in this, but I think that's really what people have to understand. People are down about this before, down back across the county, and we're happy to eight. I get it. And it hurts. Look, when you know, I ran for assembly twice and I lost. It's not, it sucks. It's a terrible feeling. Uh, but you move on and, and, and you keep fighting. And every one of the candidates that's here tonight, they're all here. All the, all the guys who didn't quite make it, all the ladies who didn't quite make it, they're all here. And we've all talked. And they're right back in the game. It's a week later, and they're here in the United States event talking about organizing for next year. So I'm excited about it. You know, with Tom Purdy and Sean Golden and Sean Irwin and Linda Donaldson and Tom Crow and Laura Lee and Keith Jones. We have a great group, Rob Benzabanga, and, and we're adding to it. More chairs are coming to hey, I want to be a part of it. And it's no slight to anybody that we're here to help. We're here to help win elections. We're here to help drive a statewide message. We're here to go anywhere in the state that we can help. So I appreciate you being here. We all do. And, well, uh, you know, it's my honor. You know. It's my honor, my friend. Chairman Mike Donahue, congrats on fighting the windmill people and winning. It's a big win, buddy. Congrats on a great event. I'll let you get back to it. Thank you for the cheese, by the way, and the gabagool. It was very delicious. Uh, my, somebody called me Michael Don Quixote here. <laughs> the savior of the whales and dolphins, ladies and gentlemen, himself, Michael Donahue. Thank you, buddy. Uh, 855-839-1210, live from Il Capriccio in Atlantic City, New Jersey, for the Republican Chairman's event at the League of Municipalities. This room is packed. 
very enthusiastic people, and uh, it's great to be here. It really is. It's a lot of fun. We're talking about a lot of different things, but I want to make sure we cover all the issues of the day today. And with that, I have some audio that I wanted to share with you. So I sent this to Matt DeSantis earlier in the show today. Uh, this is um, a clip here of, let's see if I can find this for you, a, a fight that almost broke out in a Senate hearing. This is Mark Wayne Mullen, who read a tweet from a Teamster boss by the name of Sean O'Brien. And uh, he challenged (laughs) this guy Mullen to a fight. Mullen said he was ready to settle things right here, right now. Now, it got a little bit crazy. The reason why it got a little bit nuts is because Megaphone Bernie was in the room. And Bernie Sanders had to be the peacemaker. In addition to Bernie Sanders being the perv, Megaphone Bernie being the perv, pervy Bernie, Megaphone Bernie also today had to be the peacemaker. St. Bernard, truly St. Bernard Sanders. Take a listen. Like he's self-made. Sir, I wish he was in the truck with me when I was building my permit company myself. And my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. You want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, stop it. Is that your solution? Every problem. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. If we can, no, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is what he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. (laughs) This is a hearing. Your senator, sit down. Sit down. Don't, hey, 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 don't make me smack you. Hey, sit down. Bernie the Peacemaker. St. Bernard. Look at that, huh? Amazing. By I the way, it. Mark Wayne Mullen would have destroyed that guy. Oh, in a heartbeat, right? Yeah, he looks shredded. And the Teamster boss. Don't make me smack you on the ass like I do to my new interns that I get from Mount Holyoke College, where... I do the Sanders initiation. Sit down, I say, and twirl around. Who knew Bernie Bernie Sanders making peace? I like it. You I, saved the day. If he had to, though, I don't think that feeble old Bernie Sanders would have been able to, you know, break these two apart. Oh, I disagree. See, Bernie <laughs> has more power than you know. He's oh, driven. He? Oh, yeah, he's driven by the power of Karl, Karl Marx. I have Marxism running in my blood. I am the incarnation of Lenin and Che Guevara and uh, also that hot broad on QVC. I have all their uh, coursing through my veins. No, that's the truth about Megaphone Bernie. People don't realize that. I didn't realize that. He has four that. houses, too. You know. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. And he's a, and he's a millionaire, too. Uh, yeah. I am, and I speak for all of the people out there who are millionaires, self-hating millionaires. And uh, we are the worst people ever that said, uh, I don't want to pay any more taxes. But I'll make you pay more taxes. But for me, i got a great accountant. He's a good guy from Brooklyn, Bensonhurst. You know what I mean? 
Remember when someone accused him of having a net worth of $15 million and he, he said he didn't? And then he they went, asked whoa, him. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. You have to understand I have my Bernie's children pop up books. They're different from the pop up books I use at the sororities when I'm recruiting interns. Those pop up in a different way, if you understand. It's kind of hard to channel megaphone Bernie in a room full of Republican County chairmen, but somehow we managed to do it, right? <laughs> it sounds like that place is heating up. It's packed. Well, I mean, it's free, free booze. Right? Yeah, it's that's a, true. It's the thing. I mean, you know. Who's turning down free booze? Uh, this very rarely happens, but I want to say, I want to acknowledge two people on Twitter. So, normally, Ellie, Corvette Trixie, sends us breaking news during the show. And I am always appreciative of that. She does a great job. However, this time around, Ellie must not have been listening yesterday. Because she just tweeted me out a report that the Institute for Justice has filed a lawsuit against the state of New Jersey alleging that a secret secret government program is allowing for the harvesting and saving of newborn blood without the knowledge or consent of the baby's parents. Trixie, I love you, but yesterday on the show, we had on the attorney in that case representing my friends Erica and Jeremy Jedniak. Uh, and we talked about it yesterday at, what time was it, Matt DeSantis? 3.40, I believe, if yeah, that's 340, right? 3.40, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Brian Morris of the Institute for Justice. So there you go. Uh, Johnny Cook. Podcasted, Johnny, who, by the way. Podcasted. Go download it. Perhaps we should we should uh, tag Ellie Corvette Trixie in the podcast. What do you think? Yeah, we can do that. Johnny Cook, who uh, very rarely ever admits that he was wrong. And he still sort of doesn't here in this tweet, but he is always the first one to tell me when I'm wrong. Uh, He tweets out this. He said, um, I didn't care about the speaker fight, but ever since McCarthy's been a whiny little B. Thanks, Matt Gates. See, Johnny, that's sort of admitting you were wrong. You should have cared because Representative Tim Burchett accuses bully Kevin McCarthy of attacking him in the Capitol hallway. So this story is making news right now that Kevin McCarthy apparently shoved somebody. So I think what's happening is that Kevin McCarthy is having a little bit of a... Like, he's having a, a moment, you know what I mean? He's a little a butthurt is the word, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not the word I would choose, but... I'm just saying. He's a little butthurt. Oh, to add to what I said earlier about the black vote, let me just point this out to you. So... Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is running as an independent, has the potential to steal votes from Donald Trump. But he also, of course, has the potential to steal votes from Joe Biden. Uh, according to a story from Fox News, NBA and NFL stars are backing uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., including NBA legend John Stockton, says he believes Kennedy has put, put, been put on this planet for just this moment of time. So as a lot of these... Uh, we talk about Biden and the lack of enthusiasm for him among the black folk. He's losing black voters, why it matters. The question that I have is, do you think that these black voters might choose a third-party candidate? They, 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 won't, they may not vote for Trump, possible, won't vote for Biden, and then they'll go third-party. And as we've seen before, with third-party, they can. it's just kind of a waste of vote. So that's what happens. Uh, Commissioner Troy, Frank Troy, I don't know if you can hear me, but uh, my buddy was just uh, here a second ago. He's an often frequent caller to the show. Let's see if I can get him on the show for us here. It's always fun when people that call the show 
also are here in person, Matt DeSantis, don't you think? So you know Frank from Haddonfield, right? Yes. Let's see if we can get him on the line here. And uh, he often calls in with his stupid comments, but he's here in person. I always, it's always awesome to meet... Uh, well, I guess you know these people. Uh, you know these people, but I, I didn't know a lot of people prior to like the Cape May broadcast, for uh, yeah. for example. So I'll see a lot of tweets and, and or you know screen phone calls, and it's nice to put a, a face to the name. It's like Road Warrior when he complains in public. <laughs> I still um, don't even know if I officially met Road Warrior at the Cape May broadcast. You, you didn't you didn't meet him? I don't know. I so if he if he did come up, he didn't introduce himself to me as Road Warrior. So I don't actually know for certain. I know he was there, and oh. I, he was at like a table kind of towards the back. So I never got a good glimpse of him. But um, yes, I, I'm slightly devastated because he, he, I don't think he ever did introduce himself to me. At least not as Road Warrior. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If he did introduce himself to you and you forgot, you're going to hear about it in about 30 <laughs> seconds on Twitter. Well, to be clear, he's going to mock me on Twitter in 30 seconds, regardless of what I had to say. Uh, well, it's, it's his favorite thing to do. <laughs> and I'm going to defend him, just for the record. <laughs> but yeah, the Road Warrior is uh, one of the, the best uh, best Twitter people that, that we have. And uh, I was excited to meet him. And I don't even know if I did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, the, the only saving grace for Matt DeSantis as the executive producer of the show is that he, he was able to pretend that he got Tulsi Gabbard on the show. Now, he didn't get Tulsi Gabbard on the show. I technically did. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't. You I didn't. did. Multiple times, might I add. Come back, Frank. Here. Uh, so, Frank from Haddonfield, just stick around for two minutes. Just wait. I'm going to take a break and just wait for two minutes. But here's Tulsi Gabbard talking about... Trump's opponents, what they're saying about Trump's opponents, and the truth of the matter is, what they're saying about him is literally what they're doing to Donald Trump at this very, very moment. Here is Tulsi Gabbard, who was on the show. No thanks to my executive producer, Matt DeSanctu Traitorous. <laughs> Cut number seven. What stood out to me was look at Letitia James and this smirk she had on her face when Don Jr. took the stand. You know, first it was that judge with a goofy smile, that anger on, and now um, you see these political prosecutions are, are, are what they are, persecutions. It, it, it is another example of their hypocrisy. In one breath, they talk about defending democracy, and we heard Jen Psaki on MSNBC saying, you know, if you elect Trump, you're going to undermine the rule of law and throw his political opponents in jail. Look at what they are doing right now, and you see that in the smirk on uh, Letitia James' face. They know exactly what they're doing, undermine the rule of law to try to make it so that voters Voters don't have the opportunity her, to decide who they want to vote for. Yeah, well, look, they're enjoying every every minute of this, but I think less and less people I think put more stock more, in this in this these types of prosecutions. And the American people aren't stupid. They think that we are and that they can just get away with this, but I think the American people are seeing exactly what they're doing, that the Democrat establishment is going after Trump because they're afraid of him, and they cannot challenge him on substance, whether it's the economy, securing the border, or foreign policy and the issues of peace and war. There you go. And good for her Good for her for saying that. I appreciate her saying it. And it would be nice if you said it on this show. But, of course, Matt DeSantis has surrendered his executive producer responsibilities. He figures that since he wasn't able to get Tulsi on the first time, why try again? Right? That's not true. She's it is true. I got her times. on. You didn't. You had nothing to do with it. That is not true. You were in the right place at the right time. <laughs> if anything, you didn't have anything to do with it. If anything, it was the Zioli Army uh, listeners uh, tweeting at Tulsi. Uh, it was odd that after all those tweets went through, uh, she... She suddenly responded to me. My buddy Rick D. Michelle, who is the uh, former Camden County Republican chairman, 
And D. Michelle and D. Michelle, compassionate advocates, love you. See you, pal. I'll see you guys. Uh, and actually, it's funny because Rick and I were county chairs together 20 years ago. My how time flies. Uh, anyway, all right. So we're live at this uh, Republican County Chairman's event in Atlantic City. It's a lot of fun to be here and uh, a lot going on. There's a lot of um, enthusiasm in the room, especially coming after a disappointing election. There's a lot of enthusiasm. Matt DeSantis, I would never say you are the lesser producer. <laughs> I would never say that. It seems strange that you would have to emphasize that you would never say it, but go on. Well, this clip is labeled Vivek to Fredo. And first of all, I want to make it very clear. I've never called the lesser Cuomo Fredo. I called him what he is, the lesser Cuomo. Uh, and he still is. I'm sorry, but the love gov still, still reigns supreme as far as Cuomos go. But nevertheless, Vivek Ramaswamy was on with the Lesser Cuomo, and he called out the Lesser Cuomo uh, to a big degree. Now, the Lesser's playing this game where he's trying to become relevant again, so he says some things, hoping to make some news. But nevertheless, this is an important exchange here. Cut number nine. Ramaswamy, why do you keep going at Nikki Haley? Why do you think this is going to bear fruit? Chris, I don't know what you've been smoking, man. You and the rest of the mainstream media, it's laughable. Nikki Haley's been going after me the whole campaign. First debate, second debate. You know, she's been trailing me for much of the time, but I realize the establishment media has realized that there's a puppet they want to put up. I'm not playing that game. The grassroots of this country know they want a leader who isn't going to send us our sons and daughters to go die in foreign wars that racked up seven trillion in debt. Dick Cheney 2.0's taken over the GOP. Problem is the Democratic establishment media is now rooting for war, too. I'm the only candidate speaking for a true America first agenda on that debate stage, and I think we're going to be successful. Vivek, how are you going to bring people together when you just uh, put together a tapestry of conspiracies? You know that I'm not pitching anything about Nikki Haley. What are you she talking about? Come I mean, on my a, show. There's no tapestry. She won't even come on there's my no show. There's no tapestry of conspiracies. I'm sure she doesn't. Second. Hold on a second. I let you. I let you put it out there, and now you know I get to finish smoking, and uh, now I get to answer, which is, um, oh, this is what the media is doing: is putting up Nikki Haley it's against me because the they know I'm the real they, they deal. Picked. Please. That's she hasn't even been the, on my show. I'm Chris, just please. watching you get you know slapped what? I, I, around by her. Kristen and I'm Welker. wondering what your strategy you know, is. The fact of the matter is, Chris, that my strategy is calling out the mainstream media like I did to Kristen Welker at the start of that debate. I asked her about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, told her to look the audience in the eye and apologize to them. Just like I'll tell you, you're part of the mainstream media dis- despite pretending like you're not. Look exactly. the audience in the eye oh, and tell her to cover your brother for all that happened. I'm Absolutely part of the mainstream you media. And you, and you, hey, listen. And you play the listen, same games that the rest of the mainstream media does. You're doing family? it tonight. You're, you, you, Let's stop it right there for a second. Let's stop it. The reason why the lesser Cuomo is at the lesser News Nation. Because, I, I mean, as much as I hate CNN, let's face it, it's a better gig than News Nation. Let's be honest. The reason why the lesser is at the lesser now is because during the whole Cuomo scandal, in addition to not covering it, which you could argue, okay, fine, you're not going to cover it, it's your brother, and blah, 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 blah. But he actually ran interference for his brother, the governor of New York, and advised him on how to handle it. This is the problem with the corporate media today. They all have interests, they have agendas, and they pretend like they don't. I have an interest, I have an agenda. You know what my interest is? Defeating Joe Biden, defeating tyranny, freedom, liberty, that's my agenda. That's what I'm here for. It's what I do every single day. And I'll call call out other Republicans. You know, I don't know. I mean, there are mainstream conservative Republican hosts out there, I guess, who won't do this. I beat up Nikki Haley earlier in the show, and I'm going to do it again when I come back because she deserves it. 
Nikki Haley is the worst. I'm telling you right now, she's the worst. I am officially, at this moment in time, saying on record, Nikki Haley should not be the Republican nominee. I have said in the past that I'll back whoever the nominee is. Nikki Haley should not be the Republican nominee. In fact, if tomorrow something happens to Trump, God forbid, I want us to pack back somebody else. Anyone but Nikki Haley. Anyone but Nikki. ABN. Anyone but Nikki. I'm telling you, when I play for you the clip of what she said, she sounds like such an absolute tyrannical left-wing warmonger tyrant who would use the police state and use the power of government to shut down free speech of American citizens. I'm going to play this for you, and I'm going to ask you to please trust me on this and say no to Nikki Haley. She will, she will, we will lose. We'll lose. America will lose. Even if we win, we'll lose. And we won't win with Nikki Haley anyway. She's a disaster. She will lose the general election. No, no doubt in my mind about it. But she needs to go. Nikki Haley needs to go. I, I, I have, up until now, I've been patient, and I've said I don't like her, and I haven't really bashed her. But now she deserves to be bashed. Because what she said today is so horrifically chilling and tyrannical. And I can't believe it came out of the mouth of a Republican. And it sounds like I'm listening to George Bush from circa 2002 in the wake of 9-11 or something. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, my buddy Dr. Mike Venari is a great guy, great friend of the show, and he is the master of dental implants. So when it comes to your smile, you got to go see him today, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. He's the best. Best at what he does, and he has two offices to serve you, Cinnamonson and Woodbury. So what are you waiting for? He's right over the bridge, and he's worth the trip. My mother came from all the way from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for Dr. Mike just recently, and Patrick had his appointment with Dr. Mike yesterday. That's right. I told you the entire Zioli family goes to see Dr. Mike Venaria. So what are you waiting for? Go see him today. Let's reach out to him at VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. And you'll see firsthand the great work that he does, the great people in his office, all of the absolutely wonderful people that work there and keep that office together. Great music playing in the background. It's just a really excellent dental experience. So if you need complicated dental work, like dental implants, there's no one better than Dr. Mike. So what are you waiting for? Reach out to him today. VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A. He's my buddy. He's my friend. He's the master of dental implants. Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com. The Zioli Show. On your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Five eight three nine twelve ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli. 
We are live at the League of Municipalities Convention in Atlantic City. It is the big political who's who convention. The Republican County Chairman event. A lot of enthusiasm in the room. A lot of, a lot of great people and a lot going on, too. Border crisis is costing taxpayers $451 billion annually, according to a Republican report in National Review. And Disney World is now giving pronoun pins to their janitorial staff because obviously you need to know what pronoun your janitor is when he cleans up all the poop from these gender-neutral little five-year-olds, obviously. And uh, the national... What? <laughs> I always check the pronoun. Like if there's a toilet overflowing in the bathroom at Odyssey, when the janitor comes, I immediately, first thing I say is, excuse me, how do you identify before I, I, I call you in the room? I can't envision a scenario in which there's, like, any custodian or janitor on the planet that needs to identify with a, a certain set of pronouns. Like, that just doesn't seem to, to be a group of people. You don't think it's a huge priority for a janitor no, in general? No, absolutely not. Not, yeah, not a well, chance. Yeah, this is where you're wrong, Matt DeSantis. You're wait, so wait, wait, touch. wait. Now, you are yes, saying yeah. the word Jan. Jan, you know what I mean? That's a woman's mm-hmm. name. That's true. So is this it is a, a janitor for a female and a gymitor for a male? I, I think <laughs> Jan, I, I'm pretty sure Jan is gender neutral. It's one of those names, like Elliot. <laughs> so, Well, you know, we like are Pat. living, we, you, you know, there, there are times that E.T. would not even come here. I wish I could get an E.T. ship and go home. There's a prominent mental health organization that has come out in support of transgender ideology, demanding that counselors affirm feelings of gender dysphoria in patients. It's the American School Counselor Association, which reports a membership of 43,000 counselors and has certified trainers across the country demanding that school counselors promote affirmation for those who identify as transgender. Quote, schools should make every effort to use students' chosen slash affirmed names on student records, even if a legal name change has not been made. Uh, The organization, which hosts professional development events attended by thousands of counselors, goes on to push for policies that allow boys to have access to girls' bathrooms and locker rooms. Students have the right to use restrooms and locker rooms matching their gender identity, it says. Another document from the organization is titled School Counselors and LGBTQ++ IA, every letter of the alphabet, Ute tells counselors to support an inclusive curriculum at all grade levels and promote policies that effectively reduce the use of offensive language. Now, I don't want anyone to be offended, but they don't mean actually reducing the use of offensive language. What they mean is saying what the woke left wants you to say, which is that if a five-year-old comes in and says, a girl, and says, I'm a boy, you have to say, okay, well, hi, what's your... What's your name? What's your pronoun? What do you want to wear? And then we won't tell your parents. That's what's happening. School counselors are being trained to only affirm students' transgender identities. Not only to do that, but regardless, they are also now doing this behind the backs of parents. Said January Little John, a parent advocate for Do No Harm. We've had Do No Harm on the show before. This is not in the best interest of the child and or the parent-child relationship. It's exactly right. But it's what I mean about the Democrat Party being freaking nuts and going further and further left. So if there are people out there who are black and Latino and white and find this to be incredibly offensive, they're not wrong because this is crazy and does not relate to mainstream America. It's part of the reason why you have guys like Nate Silver and others coming out and saying it's risky for Democrats to nominate Biden. 
and and the little troll under the bridge, Randy Weingarten, is coming out there and saying that the reason why uh, she's she's upset right now, the reason why people are upset at her, I should say, is because she's gay and she's uh, a woman and she's uh, a troll and she's Jewish and something or other. All the excuses that she's made for why people are criticizing her, not the fact that we hate the fact that she's sided with the teachers union. She's kept, we kept her kids home. She was a big, huge advocate against school choice and still is to this day. No, no, no it's none of those things. People are just anti, um, anti-troll. Because really, that's, let's face it, Randy Weingarten is the troll under the bridge. So it really just comes to the fact that she's we are anti-troll and there you go 855-839-1210 is the number if you do you have the audio of that matt desantis i don't know if, if i can pull up the cut sheet if you have the troll under the bridge randy weingarten uh, i do not that's right don't worry about it uh dom played it earlier on his show and i think it's very very important to hear uh me tell it more than her say it because then you have to listen to that grating grating voice but <laughs> any criticism of her Really, truly, is just because she's Jewish and a woman, and that's and gay. A Jewish, a, a gay Jewish woman. I have it if you want it. Oh, you if do you, have if it if you do want to hear her her troll voice. Nah, I'm done. Okay, I'm done. That's it. I've had it. That's all. That's all. I'm done with it. A 440 pound con- convicted killer was spared prison over a bad diet. This is what I want to hear. No, this is good. I don't know why you're laughing. I this is the right way to handle these things. Uh, this this man now is a 440 pound Italian man. At C8, a lot of gabagool in his day. He's uh, convicted of viciously knifing his girlfriend to death during an argument over breadcrumbs in bed. Look, I almost was murdered over breadcrumbs in bed. It's a big thing among Italians. It's a true story. No joke. What happens is you're, you're in bed, you're late night watching a movie, and you're having a little veal parmesan. Am I right? And then some breadcrumbs spill around you, and the wife gets upset and goes, Hey, excuse me, I said you get that friggin' breadcrumbs out of this bed. Don't eat a veal parmesan in the bed, eh? And then you wind up, you know, stabbing her to death, which uh, happens in Italian marriages all the time. I can't tell you the number of Italians that murder their spouse. I mean, it's got to be at least 85 90%, <laughs> at least that high. Anyway, uh, the breadcrumb uh, in bed fight is a big is a big thing. Dimitri Fricano, he's from Biella, Italy, slaughtered uh, his 25 year old girlfriend while the pair was vacationing in Sardinia. He stabbed her 57 times after she chided him for ha- leaving too many breadcrumbs in their hotel room bed. The other thing is, is too, is that uh, in addition, they were the seasoned breadcrumbs, which are the fugazi kind. You know, they already have the spices in them. Don't do that. Don't do that. Make your own freaking breadcrumbs. Don't buy breadcrumbs. That's the other thing. Is really now I'm on a tangent. Now don't buy breadcrumbs. Make breadcrumbs. You take bread. You make crumbs. It's not that freaking hard. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, he uh, tripped, tipped the scales at 260 pounds in 2019 when he was sentenced to 30 years on a murder conviction. But because of delays caused by COVID, he did not begin serving his term until April of 2022. Over the past year, his weight has ballooned to more than 440 pounds, leading this cor- the court in Turin, Italy, to release him from prison on medical grounds. They ruled that he can no longer remain behind bars because he is incompatible with his prison regime due to his heft, which makes it difficult for him to get around without a wheelchair or crutches. He's also a chain smoker. (laughs) His uh, incarceration also puts his life at risk because prison officials are unable to provide the low-calorie diet he needs to shed the pounds, according to the judges. 
He will serve out the rest of his sentence under house arrest at his parents' home near Milan, where he can sit in his fat ass for the rest of his life. And um, hopefully die. That's nuts. Also. The guy gains 180 pounds in prison and they have to release him because of it? Yeah. Ah, excuse me, eh? I can barely get out of this bed, eh? How am I going to go in the play out in the yard, eh? Eh? Do you think the food in the Italian prison is just that delicious? Uh, I think the food in Italian prisons is probably the greatest food you could ever have in your life. It probably Every is. day is linguine carbonara. Every day is... Uh, cacio e pepe. Every day. Oh, cacio e pepe again. Not again. Not again. Thank you. Yes, it's kind of like what it's like, but Italian. But Italian. Uh, 855-839-1210. Speaking of uh, Italians, you know, as I am one, some of the Italians on the Supreme Court, like, for example, Justice Samuel Alito and others, have a new ethics code. They don't need one, but they have one. Will this shut up the left? Of course not. But the left is always going to complain. This is why the Supreme Court should not ever listen to them. Because now what they're doing is they're all running around and saying that the ethics code the Supreme Court adopted is not serious enough. You cannot win with these people. You cannot win. So don't try to. The Supreme Court of the United States of America adopts an ethics code after getting blasted by the left. And they went after people like Justice Thomas and Justice Alito. Now, remember something. They don't need anyone to police them except for Congress. Congress was looking to intimidate the justices. The justices figured if we pass a speech code or uh, ethics code, they'll leave us alone. They're not leaving you alone. They're not leaving you alone, and they never will. The goal here is to then find something else they can target. Because until the Supreme Court becomes a super legislature with 14 justices who will decide things that Congress does not have the cojones to touch, the left is never going to stop coming after them. The, the, The truth is that you and I both know that many, if not all, of these policies that the left is pushing right now These policies would never pass Congress, but they would pass a 14-person Supreme Court. They would pass that, and that's what the left ultimately wants. You think for a second that if you had a bill in Congress to ban gas stoves, that would pass? That would never pass. Are you kidding me? Not in a million years. They would never pass it. But I digress. I started this segment by saying that I wanted to play for you what Nikki Haley said. Before I play what Nikki Haley said, I want to play for you what New York Governor Kathy Hochul said. And I'd like you to tell me the difference between these two tyrants. First of all, this is the governor of New York, Nikki Haley. I sent this to you. I played this for you yesterday. Talking about what she wants to do to monitor people on social media. Take a listen. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms. And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. Because personal security is about everything for them. As I said, no one walking down the street or in a subway should feel they have to find to hide any indications of what their religious beliefs are. 
We expect to see people celebrating their lives, walking about freely. And that is no longer the case because people are living in fear. They have a right to do whatever they want here in the state of New York. Okay. Think of the themes here. People are living in fear. Words hurt. Words scare you. Uh, the government has to monitor speech to keep you safe. Keep, keep those themes in mind, right? The government has to monitor speech to keep you safe and make sure you're safe. All right. Here is Nikki Haley. I challenge you, if you support Nikki Haley, if you are a Republican and you support Nikki Haley, I challenge you to point out the difference in what they're saying. They're, they're both, they're, there's different words involved, obviously, but point out to me the difference in terms of what the chilling effect on the First Amendment would be and the power you'd be handing over to the police state all under the guise of keeping you or the country safe. Take a listen. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's First of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say. And it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. When I get into office, the first... Okay, first of all, uh, you have no right to ask for tech firms to turn over their algorithms to the government. That is their property. You don't have a right to that. That's their intellectual property, number one. Number two, I don't give a damn about civility. Civility means that conservatives and libertarians have to shut their mouths and be good. It means that the mom who's upset about COVID vaccines has to sit down and shut up because she's afraid about losing her job. It means that the dad who's upset about his kid wearing a mask in school has to sit down because he's worried about losing his job and has to sit down and shut up. That's what civility means. Civility means we silence you. That's what civility means. And if you can't be anonymous when you post on social media, literally exactly what the founding fathers did. The founding fathers of this country wrote the Federalist Papers under pseudonyms. Publius, for example. And they did that because they knew that the British government would kill them. The king would hang them if they were to be outed. So now Nikki Haley wants to get rid of your anonymity. So you cannot be anonymous when you criticize your government. The effect of that is people are going to shut up. They're going to be afraid. Their employer might find out who they are. The government may come after them. The IRS may find out who they are. The IRS may come after them. There's a guy going to prison for 60 days, 60 days, for making a joke about voting for Hillary Clinton by text message. You're telling me that this so-called Republican, this Fugazi Republican, this neocon hack, this tyrant, will not allow me to criticize my government anonymously? To hide it from my, my employer? To hide it from my, my friends and my coworkers? What if I don't want my pastor knowing what I'm saying, Nikki? What if I don't want my friends and neighbors knowing what I'm saying, Nikki? What if I don't want civility on social media, Nikki? But you see how she does, just like Kathy Hochul, under the guise of keeping me safe? Well, I have to do it to protect you from Russian bots, Iranian bots, and Chinese bots. We have to have you register with the government so we can monitor your speech. And we have to have the government have the codes, the algorithms for social media companies so that we can tweak them if necessary. Oh, under the guise of keeping you safe. And also so that you'll think twice about speaking out against your government and criticizing it. If you support this person, 
you are not a real Republican. You're a fraud. You are. She's a fraud. Nikki Haley is a fraud. Nikki Haley is a fraud. I cannot say it to you enough. There is no difference in listening to Kathy Hochul and Nikki Haley. They are both frauds. They are both tyrants. Nikki Haley is a tyrant. She will shut down and destroy my ability to criticize my government anonymously. Something that it goes back literally to before the Revolutionary War. Before the Revolutionary War. And during the Revolutionary War. And after the Revolutionary War. During the Constitutional Convention. When you still had the founders writing anonymously. But not under Nikki Haley's world. In Nikki Haley's world, I have to register my social media account. I have to be who I am. And the government gets to know exactly what I say, when I say it. And if they don't like it, I guess they can do something about it. They have more than enough resources to do something about it. They can target me with the IRS. They can come after me with the FBI, just like they did to Pastor Mark Houck. They have so many resources to punish me. Just enough for me to know, just like Merrick Garland did with the school board's letter, maybe I'll just stay quiet. Maybe I'll just stay silent. And instead of me anonymously posting on Facebook about how COVID vaccines are causing this or masking our children is that or the transgender curriculum is leading to this, I just won't say anything because now I can't even hide under a pseudonym. I have to register with the government. So I'll just shut up and be quiet and the left can win because their ideas are so popular in the public square and they can say whatever they want. And you and I, we will say nothing. Because now we can't even hide under the anonymity that's afforded to us under the First Amendment. There's nothing in the First Amendment that says your speech is protected as long as the government knows who you are when you're saying it. Do you imagine that? Nikki Haley is a tyrant. We will not win if she's the nominee. We will lose. We will lose. And America will lose regardless if Nikki Haley's the nominee. Please, do not back this fraud. It is time for conservatives to speak up and say what we all know. She is a warmonger. She's a tyrant. She's a neocon hack, and she will bend over backwards to support the left. She will do whatever she has to do to be popular. She's a fraud, and she needs to drop out of the race. She is not a Republican. Well, I guess she is in the context of the old-school George W. Bush neocon Republican establishment people. She needs to go. And I'm tired of the fact that now the Republican establishment is pouring billions of dollars into her race to stop Donald Trump. Call it out. We will not win if she's the nominee. I don't care if she has a vagina. It means nothing. It means nothing. And that's what you're hearing right now from people. Oh, only a woman can get the nominee. Only a woman can win. Why? Why do you assume that women only vote for other women? Why do you assume that that matters to people? Women who love freedom and liberty, reject tyranny. I had two friends of mine who were both women who saw that clip of Nikki Haley and they both said the same thing to me. She's a tyrant. These are young, working moms with kids. And they both said the same thing to me. She's a tyrant. They don't want to vote for her. Enough. It is time for Nikki Haley to go. We got a big fourth and final hour coming up, abbreviated because of basketball, but don't go away. The Revolution. Yes. This, this is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Nikki Haley is a warmonger, neocon, fraud tyrant. Say no to Nikki Haley. Her comments today on making everyone register with the government on social media is the absolute worst thing I've heard from a Republican since... 
Well, in a very, very long time, actually. I, I got I to gotta really search my memory banks for this one. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. Our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You know, I'm around uh, a lot of Republicans tonight. I'm at this Republican County Chairman's event in Atlantic City. Uh, these guys, some of them have been my friends for decades. And we've been in the fight together. And we haven't always agreed. And I am never afraid to call out Republicans when they're wrong. Never. But I learned. I learned the hard way. Back in 2004, I, like a lot of Republicans at the time, thought embracing the invasion of Iraq was the right thing because my president did it, my party did it, and I had to stand for that. And I made a big mistake. And I'm not afraid to say it because I think you learn in life from admitting when you were wrong. And even though back then I was opposed to the Patriot Act, I thought, well, you know what? I'm a Republican. I've got to defend the Republican president from the attacks on the left. And that's what I need to do. And I was wrong. And the war in Iraq was a disaster. The invasion of Iraq was a disaster. We all know that now. There are not many people who can admit when they were wrong. Luckily, I learned quickly that I was wrong and really had to examine my views and my thoughts and my beliefs on a lot of different things. And I said, I'll never, ever, ever just embrace a position because that's the party position. I won't do it ever again. And I never have. And at the time I did it, I guess you can say in your youth, you think you're doing the right thing for the cause, so to speak. But then you realize that America suffers. I mean, the police state that we have in America today is entirely because of a Republican president named George W. Bush. Let's be honest. He pushed it. He pushed the Patriot Act. And there were a few Republicans who said no. Ron Paul, Scott Garrett, some others. But for the most part, they all backed it, just like they backed the biggest expansion of, of the welfare state with Medicare Part D, the prescription drug program. They backed that, too. And the expansion of government with the Department of Homeland Security, the biggest expansion of government since FDR under a Republican president named George W. Bush. I don't want to repeat those mistakes. I do not want to repeat those mistakes. And Donald Trump in 2016, and part of the reason why I backed him very early was because Donald Trump was a guy who said the Republicans were wrong. And he wasn't afraid to say so. But the Republican establishment, the people that run the place, they love war. They love big government. They love big pharma. All of these entities make them rich. It's why we have what's called a uniparty. And, you know, I talked to my friend, Congressman Scott Perry, about this quite a bit when he comes on the show. And Congressman Scott Perry and I talk about the fact that there's no more. The uniparty has to end. It has to stop. The Republican establishment cannot act like Democrats and Republicans, conservatives, libertarians. We need to call them out on it. Nikki Haley is purposely now being propped up by that Republican establishment to stop Donald Trump. Let me tell you exactly what's happening here. And I'm speaking purely from the heart. They thought DeSantis could do it. They thought that Ron DeSantis would be the guy who could get into the race and convince everybody that he was the sensible Republican who can stop Trump in his tracks. And they liked the fact that Ron DeSantis didn't have a lot of money because he's not a billionaire. So they could they could spend money on his race and he could owe them. He could owe them favors and he could owe them things. And then they realized pretty quickly that Ron DeSantis did not have it in him to stop Trump. And he's not going to. So the money class, the establishment class, they abandoned him. And now they are getting all behind Nikki Haley. 
because she'll keep us in Ukraine. She has come out and said so. America has to win in Ukraine. America has to do whatever it has to do to stop Vladimir Putin. Her comments today on making you register with the government on social media so that they can monitor your speech in the name of civility, no more anonymity. Big tech has to turn over their algorithms to the government, even though it's their private intellectual property. But now the government's going to seize that, which is an unconstitutional taking under the Fifth Amendment clause of the Constitution. They don't have the right to do that. Uh, that's not she's not a conservative. She is a classic neocon Republican. And we have to stop her. We have to stop her because the billionaire class, the, the uniparty class, the Republican establishment is now spending billions of dollars to prop up Nikki Haley. And I'm telling you right now, Nikki Haley will lose the general election. She will lose it. Because America is tired of it. They, they, part of the reason why they backed Trump in 2016 was because Trump was critical on the Iraq war. Trump was not afraid to call out the Republican Party for being the party of war, perpetual wars. And people backed him for that. And it's part of the reason, too, why his alliance with Rand Paul at the time was so important after Rand Paul dropped out of the race. And somebody, not mentioning names, me, convinced him not to attack Rand Paul on Twitter, but to form an alliance with him over this issue. Because conservative voters, we don't want it anymore. We're tired of America spending our blood and our treasure around the world to be the world's policemen. I'm not talking about short-term aid to our friends. I'm not talking about helping Israel with some money to help them repair the Iron Dome. That's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about perpetual endless wars that go on forever and by the definition being endless. And a lot of people get rich off of that. A lot of people do. And I'm talking about the same exact people that got rich off of the Medicare Part D expansion. If you don't think when George W. Bush did that, with the largest expansion of of a government service since Lyndon Johnson, that a lot of people did not make money in pharma, then you're kidding yourself. And a lot of Republican lawyers and lobbyists and all these people, it's like a revolving door. They go into Congress for a couple of years. They serve a couple of terms. They get a big, cushy job uh, with a Washington law firm or with a private entity. And they use their connections and they get bills passed. And, 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 and the, the House always wins. And you and I get screwed time and again. Whether it's a defense contractor or it's big pharma, they make money. You and I get screwed time and again. And America has said no. And that's why in 2016, a coalition of people backed Donald Trump, who were blue-collar people, blue-collar, carpenters, roofers, cops, firemen, people like that. Because they said enough. I'm working my ass off every day. I'm paying all these taxes. And now my money's going overseas for everything else. And I got another... This Republican president in George W. Bush expanded government, the biggest expansion of government since FDR with the Department of Homeland Security. And I know we were attacked in 9-11, but this is what happens. We use these things as pretext to expand the power of government over all of us. And it's what tyrants do. Tyrants use public safety as their impetus to expand the police state. And it's what they do. They beef up their police state powers under the guise of keeping us safe. And then they turn around, they weaponize that, and they use it against us politically. This has been the Zioli axiom on this show since I got on the radio for the first time back in 2010, I think. It was my very first time really on the radio, filling in for Dr. Maz back then. Sunday nights at midnight. And the Zioli axiom was, if you surrender your liberty to the government under the guise of keeping you safe, whatever power you give them, they will weaponize and they will use against you for political purposes. My God, look at what's happening in this country right now. Look at what's happening. 
And to hear Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, a Democrat, talk about how we have to monitor your social media posts and to hear Nikki Haley, a Republican, say it, and they sound like the exact same person, it proves exactly the point that I was making to you, which is this is a uniparty. And the establishment donor class, the establishment of the Republican Party, they are so terrified that Donald Trump is going to win and deprive them of their time at the trough that they are apt or trough, I guess. They are absolutely behind Haley now. And the money is pouring in. And I predict other Republicans will get out of the race with promises of Nikki Haley's cabinet. In fact, I imagine that Chris Christie will at some point get out of the race and back Nikki Haley as the only person who can stop Donald Trump. I don't know what DeSantis will do, but I do know that eventually this is going to become a two-person race, and it's going to be Haley versus Trump. And you're going to hear from the so-called sensible Republicans out there that if Trump is the nominee, we lose. If Haley's the nominee, we win. And then the fights are going to start. The internal fights are going to start among each other, among all of us, where we're going to battle each other over this. And I'm going to have people mad at me because they're going to say, don't you want to win? And I'm going to tell you that the that America will lose if Nikki Haley is president. Freedom will lose. The Constitution will lose. The Bill of Rights will lose, just like it did with Bush, just like it did under George W. Bush. And so the answer to that is to not allow that talking point to be true because you don't fall for it. You have to resist that talking point and say, nah, I don't think she can win, actually. And I'll prove it to you why Nikki Haley cannot win if she's the nominee. Americans are sick of war. Even though she won in South Carolina, <coughs> it doesn't matter. This is a different election at a different time. Her positions are yesterday's news. The average American person out there on the street does not want America in this perpetual Ukraine war, period. The people that do, they're flying the Ukraine flags. They're also the same people with the hate has no home here signs on their lawn. And they are the very same people that will vote Democrat, even if she's the nominee. What you'll see happen is exactly what we've seen over and over again. We will be told by the intelligentsia that only a sensible, moderate Republican like Nikki Haley can win. And so all these people will get behind her, just like they did with John McCain in 2008. And then once that person's the nominee, they will then trash the living hell out of her, expose her as being a far right wing extremist, and then destroy her candidacy. And because it's not Donald Trump, she won't know how to fight back. Because she can't fight back. And so she'll lose and will lose. And then the Democrats will win and America will be screwed. And I know you have friends right now who are telling you that, well, maybe what winning is more important than anything. And Nikki Haley's the way we do it. Nikki Haley's not how we do it. Nikki Haley is a freaking disaster. She's a tyrant. And it is time for the Republican Party to say no to Nikki Haley and to reject what the establishment is doing. It has to stop. It has to stop. Let me, again, remind you what Nikki Haley said. I want to play the clip again. I played it earlier. I'm going to play it again. I'm going to play it every day on the show until Nikki Haley is out of the race for president, until you and I see what's happening and we push back on this because I'm tired of the Republican establishment pushing conservatives aside for these warmongers. I am tired of it. You're tired of it. And I'm tired of losing and I don't want to lose again. So here is tyrant, warmonger, neocon, fraud, Nikki Haley talking about how every person on social media should be verified by the government for national security purposes. Take a listen. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, 
all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. I don't I don't want accountability, Harris. No offense. I don't need accountability. I don't need I don't want my pastor knowing what I'm saying. I don't I don't want I'm not worried about bots. I'm not worried about bots. Bots were it's a fugazi. It's a fugazi argument. The bots argument is the argument that was used by the government to create this CISA to monitor social media and start spying on us under the guise of stopping Russian collusion uh, on social media. And it turned out to be about 500 people. They were It wasn't ru- backed by the Russian government. It was mostly Trump supporters, people that wanted to just post anonymously. And that's what Nikki Haley would crack down on. Now I'll play you Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, and tell me how these two are any different. Take a listen. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms? And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit, has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong to keep us safe. Yep, to keep us that safe, not only right? New Yep. Mm-hmm. No, keep going. Safe, yep, be safe. Feel yep. Safe. safe. Yep. See, because feel safe and be safe. All right, thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. See, so so the government has to monitor your speech and know what you're saying to keep you safe. The Zioli axiom is true again. I'm only saying that not because I want to prove to you that for the past 13, almost 14 years on the radio, I've been right, but just to show you you're not wasting your time because your time is your most valuable commodity and it's something you never get back in life. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. My buddy Tom Skopinich is a great guy, a great friend of the show, and he's going to fight for you if you are injured in an accident. He is the best at what he does, and for over 25 years, he has been helping people on both sides of the river. He's licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Get what they deserve to maximize their settlement if they have been injured in an accident. Please don't rely on the big insurance companies. They don't have your back. They are out for their own back. They're own self-interest, but Tom Skopinich will fight for you. Just go to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com, scopelawyer.com. Remember, he is the guy who is going to meet with you directly. Forget the billboard clowns that you see driving home right now in 95 or the Blue Route, whatever else. These people don't care about you. They're big firms. They're all over the place. Scope is local in Montgomery County, Lansdale, Montgomery County, PA, but he can help you on either side of the river. And he'll go to the mattresses for you, as my people say. He'll go to the mattresses and make sure you get what you deserve. So just go to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. The law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich, scopelawyer.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. We are back live at the... Republican chairman's event at the New Jersey League Municipalities. Great time today. A lot of friends, a lot of good people, and the celebration of the savior of the whales and dolphins. Joining me now, you hear him every Sunday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. He is Matt Rooney. He is also the guy behind Save Jersey, the site that has literally saved Jersey. How are you, buddy? What's going on? 
I'm doing well, my friend. You told me to fix my hair pretty and meet you tonight in Atlantic City, and I did it. Meet me in Atlantic City. <laughs> uh, we had a lot to chat about. You had a big show Sunday. You had a lot of winners on, and you talked about a lot of things. Giuseppe Costanzo. Man, I'm still burned over this whole thing. This phantom Fugazi candidate in LD4. It's frustrating. I know you and I talked about this right before the election. What was that? The Monday? But was it election eve? We spoke. I think it was, and yeah. we were wondering what sort of impact this fake candidate down in LD four, Gloucester County, was going to have in the election. I mean, he ultimately didn't end up getting enough votes himself to swing the margin. But there's no doubt that 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 fake effort, that fraudulent effort hurt the Republican ticket. And, and you just saw Democrats doing what Democrats do in district after district after district. Not that Republicans don't have a lot to work on. And we've been talking about that today down at the league, right? It's particularly at this event, because there are a lot of Republican chairmen here, a lot of people comparing notes. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating, right? I think every cycle, sometimes you're happy when the votes are counted. Sometimes you're sad. Frustrating is the dominant emotion right now. Yeah, there's a lot of frustration, no doubt. You think anyone's going to be held accountable in that whole thing? I mean, we talked about the guy who's going to jail for 60 days for putting out a joking meme about texting your vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, Is anyone going to get in trouble for what they did with this Giuseppe Costanzo in South Jersey? Well, you know better than anybody, Rich, because you're a PR ace, right? There's two different trials that can happen in this kind of a situation. There's a legal trial. And there's a trial in the court of public opinion. Do I have any confidence that our attorney general, Matt Placken in New Jersey, who's a Murphy stooge or, you know, the DOJ or anything that's under the control of the Biden administration, they're going to do anything? Absolutely not. But Republicans need to not let this go. They need to try this in the court of public opinion, not only because it's got a real world impact and our ability to win elections if Democrats can pull this and get away with it. I mean, lights out, right? That's that's about it. But we also need to make sure that Republicans, conservatives, independents, Martians, however you categorize yourself, appreciate the fact that the Democrats, the party of democracy, that's all we ever hear from them, how devoted they are to democracy. When the rubber hits the road, they behave in the opposite fashion. They have no reference for our institutions. They don't care about having free elections that are imbued with integrity. They just want to win. And that's their only aim. You know, Matt Rooney, we're down here in Atlantic City for the New Jersey League of Municipalities Convention. Last week was the New Jersey Education Association Convention, which is the reason why my kids and your kids were home from school. Uh, what a absolute freak show by the state's largest yeah. teachers union, huh? 100%. I mean, you know, I know I guess this makes me naive, but there's still part of me that thinks that teachers would want to get together and talk about better ways to make sure that their their kids know how to read, how to write, how to perform arithmetic. But that's not what we're getting from the images coming out of that convention. There's drag queen story hours. There's pornographic books like Gender Queer that they're trying to push on very young children. I mean, you've, you've talked about it plenty on your show, and we have over on my program at SaveJersey.com about these wacky Murphy curriculum standards where they want to teach very young children about very sexual topics. I I think we need to, and maybe this is one of the lessons Republicans need to carry forward. You got to stop dancing around the NJEA. 
and pretending in any way that it is a legitimate organization. It is a far-left super PAC. That's what they are. And, of course, we know that many teachers are at the very least uncomfortable with what the teachers' union is trying to do to schools. Many of them outright disagree with it. But Republicans need to speak up to give them a voice, too, so they have the courage to stand up to their teachers' union. It's not just about electoral politics. It's about our kids. Yeah, well said, my friend. Well said. Listen, uh, I ran a little late here, but it's always great to see you. We'll be uh, doing our best to try to win back the state and save the state. Every Sunday, you hear him right on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, Matt Rooney, and check out the site, SaveJersey.com. Thanks, buddy. I will look forward to seeing you in a few minutes. If you promise not to move, I will, too. <laughs> I don't know what that, what does that even mean? What is that? Is that a translation? Matt DeSantis, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't no, I'm know. I don't even want to Oh, we're staying put. We're oh, staying put in New Jersey, yes. Oh, oh, I, I, well, we're going to the <laughs> yeah, bar, you know, though, right? Can we go to the bar the at NJEA least? NJEA convention oh, 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 your mind okay. to the gutter. Yeah, no, yes. that's... <laughs> Get out of here, Rooney. My goodness. All right, listen, we got Goodbye. basketball tonight, so we're getting uh, bumped for women's highlight again. That's okay. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow for a full four-hour show, we think. And in the meantime, let me thank my friends here for hosting me today in Atlantic City. It was a lot of fun, and we'll talk more about local politics clearly as the days go on. But uh, again, no to Nikki Haley. That's the big takeaway from today's show. Cherry Hill Volvo and Route 70 in Cherry Hill, my great friends over there. You know, I'm so blessed by our friendship and their support of our show and our station. And if you uh, would like to save some money, now is the time to do it by going to Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. They are right over the bridge, and they would love to see you. And I'm telling you right now, save some money. We're doing a big renovation. Judith, Yosef, the entire team, $1,000 off new Volvos plus owner loyalty, $2,000 off if you use Volvo Car Financing. And you get another, uh, was it 7500 bucks off if you do a plug-in Volvo. Either way, whether it's a new or certified pre-owned Volvo, you're going to have a great experience. They're going to take great care of you, and they will always be honest with you. It's very important to them at Cherry Hill Volvo. Easy to get to the area's most convenient Volvo dealership with cars on the lot ready to go for you today. So go there and see them. I drive the XC40. I love it. Bridget drives the XC90, the new family car with that third row. But if you want to do the S. Class made in South Carolina, that's also a great option. Either way, Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. They prove it every day. So go see them today at Cherry Hill Volvo. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 